All right, let's let's start our fabulous show. I just do the one we normally do. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. And I'm Ian Boothby. Welcome to my show, Ian. Oh, okay. Sure. Uh, thank you for welcoming me uh, to the show. It's nice to uh, be here for it's once. Nice. Yeah. I've been, uh, you've nice. been inviting me as your uh, as your guest for the last uh, couple of years. I have been. You've been rather uh, cagey, and I'm glad you finally uh, decided to come on the show. <laughs> okay, good. Thanks for dropping by. So, uh, Thanks for dropping by your own house. <laughs> all right. There we are. Uh, th- and thank you, listeners, for uh, listening uh, to the show and uh, for being here. And there we go. We've done all the Canadian politeness now. Yeah. We're all good. It's really good. All right. I thought I thought of a uh, I thought of a, a catchphrase for a show when I was driving in. Oh, okay. I didn't I, know we were coming. All right. Here we go. Go ahead. Uh, it's a little bit disjointed now because I can't remember exactly what it was because I got distracted by a, ha- by a squirrel. But it, I think it was something like giving the people what they don't know they want. Ah, I think that's a good catchphrase. Okay, because we don't know what the hell we're doing. So no, no, we no. Know. Uh, what what slogan would I do for the show? Okay, uh, it's a good night for this dragon. <laughs> what? Because it's a night, like uh, K. Oh, okay, K N I G T. Yeah, for this dragon. Okay, because knights and dragons. So it have to be written down. Uh, Otherwise, it's this really... dragon's gonna flame out. <laughs> okay. How about that? That sounds perfect. That sounds very apt. Um, actually, where my virgins at? Hmm. Sneaky dragon. <laughs> I love it. Okay. That's one favorite, thing you mentioned about uh, the sneaky dragon logo that some people don't uh, notice is that he's got uh, bloody fangs. Yes, because he's eating maidens. All right. So he's a, he is a consumer of maidens. He is he is a full full scale dragon. Okay. Yes. He does the whole thing. Like I don't want to. He looks very shy, and he looks like he gets mm-hmm. into all sorts of mischief. And yep. you know, as as you used to put him into different posters and whatnot. Yep. And as yep. a listener said, oh, he sneaks into pop culture, and it's like, right. oh, and you went, oh, exactly. That's exactly what I've been doing. <laughs> exactly. even though, yeah, that wasn't right. what you were doing, but it's great when someone defines what you what yeah. you do better than you. Exactly, that's that helps out a lot. But there is that one where I did uh, a Valentine's card of him eating a maiden, and it says, "I choo choo choose you." <laughs> so that is true. That is a thing. And, and her head is gone. Yes. Yes. Because he's consumed. very very dark <laughs> dark card. It's the reason that card never really sold. It's very strange. I didn't try to sell it. I think yeah. I I think I anticipated the reaction it would get. Mm-hmm. But I think for dragon aficionados, it's right in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Right in the pocket. Yeah, I just I'm just picturing like a club of dragon aficionados. Mm, you know, the pocket reminds me to thank to thank Third Dragon uh, Nina Matsumoto for posting some pictures. I guess she took some screenshots or took some pictures of a television that had spike ball. On, oh, on did she? Yeah. Where is where is that? Uh, where where are those pictures? They're on they're on our uh, Twitter. On the Stinky Dragon Twitter, oh, okay. she she linked, she tagged out. us in in the picture, okay. and I I did like it as Sneaky Dragon, and I just wanted to say thanks, thank you, Nina, for that. I do I do go to YouTube and watch uh, kind of plays of the plays of the month for Spike Ball, but I find that after I do that, I play much worse. Now, is there a difference between a professional Spike Ball setup and what you have, say, at no, your work? No, I don't think so. Not really. I think the what they have that we don't have is a, some sort of stabilizer for the for the net. Just to keep it from bouncing when it when you do a hard spike into it, mm-hmm. um, there is a rule that we didn't know about until someone decided to read the rule book that came with our game a couple of weeks ago. Was there a rule saying the dog can or can't play spike ball? The dog? Yeah. 
I don't think mentioned dogs. At okay, because there is there's no rule that says a dog can't play basketball. I know that much. Okay. Yeah. What about a chimpanzee? A uh, chimpanzee can play hockey. Okay. Most valuable. Chimp. There's no there's no rule. Yeah, and uh, if you're a mule, you can uh, kick field goals, but I don't know if you can uh, play the rest of the game of football. Yeah, I don't know. Like yeah. You are allowed to kick field goals. There's no rule against it. No. I always like when people say that. There's no rule against There's no rule for it. Yeah, nothing says a monkey can't run for president. Just well, has to be of age mm-hmm. and been born in this country. I think we've and by this that. country, I mean America, not uh, the country that's Canada. <laughs> that's right. By this country, I mean that country. Yeah, by that country, I mean that. Yeah, that's absolutely what I mean. <laughs> um, yeah, the dog can play. But we found, we discovered a rule that uh, is called the pocket. So we were being, being very hard and fast that if the ball hit the rim of the, the net, like the rim of the game, mm-hmm. then it was a dead ball and it would go to the other team. But it turns out that there's a rule that called the pocket rule where the pocket is kind of a sweet spot between the net and the and the rim so you can kind of hit the rim but also hit the net and that's an okay that's an that's an okay uh you know spike and you were playing that in a different way we were not following that rule but we've incorporated that into our game okay and uh if you roll up the rim do you win if you roll up the win rim Rim, do you win no okay that that would be only in canada only in canada eh Pity, but you can't, you can't, uh, yeah, you can't have anything to do with the rim in Spikeball okay. unless you air in the pocket. There's no rimming in, in Spikeball. There's no no rimming in Spikeball. Now, it, uh, when I'm saying roll up the rim to win, that's uh, of course the uh, Tim Hortons uh, thing, that little contest that's where right. you roll up a rim and you look underneath the rim, and it's very difficult to, to roll that rim up, especially if you're wearing mittens in the winter. <laughs> uh, but I just realized, of course, Tim Hortons is in the states as well, so they could probably it, roll up the rim. I wonder if they have that contest a, there. It's owned by a company in the states. Hmm. So uh, people we get do kind of claim it as our own, though. We do claim it as our own, but most people I like most people that I know don't really rate their coffee very highly. Okay, their donuts are so-so. Mm-hmm. Their the food they sell is terrible. Like okay. I don't really know what they have going for them. Uh, they're there. They're there. I think that's it. I think it is just tradition. Like we have a sense that Tim Hortons is like in the morning. Do you want like I'm not a big coffee guy. I'm not a coffee uh, drinker at all. But uh, do you really want a great cup of coffee in the morning? I think you you do. Do you? I think you just want coffee. You just want some swill. You want something cheap that'll get the job done. That'll wake you up. That you're not. You know. I mean, if you wanted fancy pants McGillicuddy coffee, (laughs) and you wanted like the best of the donuts, you know, you know where to go. There's places you could go for that, and people don't care for that, and it's fine. I just want good enough. I want a box of Tim Bits, and I want uh, something black that will wake me up uh, with water and hot and done, and it's good. You can't really do it anymore, but you could in uh, Aldergrove. You could go to the Safeway because it had a Starbucks in it. You get your coffee, and then you go over and buy a donut, and uh, they make they made the best donuts in Aldergrove, so mm. much better than Tim Hortons. Mm-hmm. But uh, which isn't too hard. <laughs> Sorry, Tim Hortons. No, they're you the most suck. No, I think I think Tim Hortons. You're just used to it. You're like, yeah, that's what a it's donut a habit. tastes like. It's and a then habit. Other donuts, like when you get a good donut, you go, "That's a really good donut." You yeah. don't go, "This is what a donut should taste like." Yeah, because a donut should taste like Tim Hortons because that's the most you're basic right. thing. You know, it's weird. I'm just going to Al Yankovic. <laughs> He is weird. That's true. Mm-hmm. But also, it's weird that to me here in Canada, not in the states. Right. States garbage. Here in Canada, Slurpees. The states are garbage. The, it's garbage in the states. Slurpees are garbage in the states. But oh, Slurpees well, in Canada are great. And Slurpees are still like the best thing. Like you can't. There's no other. Like if you go to like Max or whatever they call get a icy. An icy or whatever, yes. A hush slurpee or whatever they call them. Slush cats. Slush cats and, and things like that. It, 
they're not better than a Slurpee. Mm. In most cases, they're not quite as good as a Slurpee. Like if you go to a gas station, they'll have Slurpee machines or whatever they want to call them, but they're not quite as good as a Slurpee. Like a Slurpee is still like. Why do you think that is? Why do why what's what's what do they do wrong? Is the ice wrong? I think it's the ice. Like the because the, the syrups are, are the same. I'm sure. I would think so. So it's just how do you get the ice wrong? Well, because I think in the in the Seven uh, Eleven, it's slightly bigger. Like the ice is a little bit, the granules of ice are bigger. Mm-hmm. Like if you get one from those other places, you're pretty much almost getting liquid. Whereas the the Seven uh, Eleven one, it has a bit of ice to it. Now, when you get a drink in a bar, and it's one of those kind of drinks, like a Bellini or what have you, mm-hmm. like you don't obviously, but I have no idea. You know, what well, you could get a virgin one, but it's uh, you know, oh, it's, it's I'll very, bring Stinky Dragon with me. There you go. It's very uh, slurpy, slurpy ish. But I wonder if that's more slurpy than. You know, like what I do, I do also much like you. Well, it's, just, under- it's blended ice, like that's ice blended in a blender, though. Okay, like for a bellini well, or a margarita. The, so, or what is the difference then? Well, the difference in a Slurpee, it's it's the it's um water basically mm-hmm. put into a a machine that's freezing it, but also ter- spinning it at the same time. Okay. So it's not allowing it to 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 become hard, like a hardened ice mm-hmm. so it keeps it from it keeps it freezes it but also keeps spinning it so that it it's, has some sort of weird lick like somewhat liquid consistency so it's not broken down in a blender the way right. you would have like a margarita or whatever um or a smoothie it's different like it's actual partially frozen water being constantly agitated so it never freezes solid mm-hmm. and then you add the syrup flavoring to it and then and that's why it like if you have a busy day and you go to 7-Eleven, quite often they're very liquid because mm-hmm. they're being taken out too quickly and, and not being allowed to replenish and freeze again. So why don't you think, why why are the American Slurpees so radical? Like, is that what be- Slurpees always were? And then when they came to Canada, we yeah. just did a different thing, we did a we different s- thing. And, we, and we stuck with it? Mm-hmm. I think uh, so. How and why and what? I, my feeling is in the States that they carbonate it. It goes in as not a syrup. Possible. It's not a syrup. It goes in as an actual pop into it. And I think mm. you're getting... That so when does you, make sense. When you drink it, you get this sort of weird gaseous uh, kind of off... Sh- like, you know, I don't know how to describe it. This weird gaseous... Off-gassing. Off-gassing, yeah, that goes into your nose while you're trying to like... And no, it's very off-putting. Point. That is kind of what it is. I, yeah. I never I never even thought about it, but yeah, you're right. So you're, it's carbonated. So it's kind of it's kind of sharp. It's not like a sweet... Like here in Canada, it's... You know, if, whether you're drinking a... A, you know a coca-cola or a or a you know like cream soda flavor whatever mm-hmm. it's like a, just a smooth kind of syrupy sweet thing but in the states it has a very sh- sharp acrid aftertaste and and even drinking it's kind of acrid and that's not to say i don't get i don't get syrupies when i'm in the states i al- almost always do because i like to have a syrupy while I'm, dr- I'm driving at night if i'm tired mm-hmm. so i do get them as sort of like ugh, i guess i have to get a syrupy here because i I just I just like them more than I like a pop because a pop gets too warm too quickly for me. I'm a real sucker for cold drinks. Okay, like the colder the better. All right, I'm trying to think of like there's something you could like wrap around a pop that would like keep it cold. Well, I'm sure I'm sure there are. You've but got, you've got your slurpee, so you're fine. Yeah, and you kind of have to prepare for that. So you have some like you some sort of prepare, like yes, you have to have like some sort of frozen ring thing or whatever that you you know like. Like you, if you go to like, well, when I was at the men's weekend, you know, everyone was carrying around these little kind of beer thermoses in their hands that acted as a way to, you know, so your hands weren't warming the right. beer when you're drinking That's it. Right. Yeah. And those would work, I guess. But then you have to be planning ahead and have those in your car and blah blah blah. And planning ahead and me are two things that have not yet met on this planet. Right. I was just looking because uh, this there is a toy that's a Seven Eleven uh, Slurpee maker. 
that you oh, yeah. can uh, that you can get. That's mm. like t- uh, technically for technically for kids. Yeah. There you go. I'm going to show you a little machine there. There you are. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Just like make your own slurpees. Yeah, and you can uh, make your own slurpees. I, I I can't see that being a similar texture to the. Uh, to the actual Slurpee, though. Like, I feel like what it's going to do is just going to chop up a bunch of ice and you're going to, like... <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they would do it. Yeah, I think you're going to get, like, an Italian ice is what you're mm. going to get more than mm. you're going to get, like, a, a proper Slurpee. But, uh, but, yeah, I've seen those and I'm like, huh, that's, that's, that seems interesting and weird. I wonder how much those are. I'm going to find out right now. Okay. I wonder if they're... For the amount of Slurpees... I do drink a lot of Slurpees, but I wonder even for the amount that I drink, if it's worth it to ha- to buy a machine to... Well, I'm going to tell you one thing. It is currently unavailable. Oh, yeah, that is. Someone uh, discovered it's full of sugar. Yeah, let me see. Uh, th- though I am looking at the Canadian site here, so let me uh, just. Those uh, soda streams should have that as an option that they can make. They can make like an icy mm. soda stream sort of thing. And it does be not good. even. I'd be all on. I'd be all on board with that. Yeah, it is not. Uh, it is not available in the. Uh... Oh, but here's the thing: if you want like a a, a slush drink maker, yeah, uh, you can get one of those for forty four bucks. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, you gotta make yourself a little slushy at home. Yeah, It'd be uh, be fine. Yeah, I mean, what's your? What, do you just do one flavor? Do you do the Coke or do you mix it up? I I do I do a I buy you a mix. mix master. I like I like just two mix. I don't like them mixed too much together. The girls like the kind of swamp water style. Okay, where you put you know six or seven flavors into the cup, but that to me is garbage. I like <laughs> I like a, a mix. Uh, my favorite is a mix of grape and Pepsi. Okay, I prefer the. I think I'm talked, we've talked about this in the show before, but I'm going to say it anyway. I prefer the Pepsi flavor to the Coca-Cola flavor in Serpies, although I prefer to wow. drink Coca-Cola to Pepsi. Okay. But it work, Pepsi works better in a, I think because it has a little bit more bite to it than Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola's more smooth than right. Pepsi. So I think that works better when it's, you know, smoothed out by the, by the as a syrup in, in, in a, you know, icy Well, I thing. come from Montreal and we were Pepsi people there. Yes. Yes. So you are yeah. born in I, your It's very true surprising blue. I don't smoke. <laughs> you, know, you are a true blue yeah maybe if i stayed there longer i would but yeah you have your poutine you have your pepsi you have a smoke mm-hmm. and then you uh, criticize the government and say <laughs> we should leave we should leave they, they never some leave. even do uh can i ask you you can what's going on with your forehead right now oh <laughs> well for people who can't see me are you having unicorn surgery well lisa said that Oh, did she? Yeah, that was something she said on Facebook today. All right. That's funny that you, you mentioned that. I did not have unicorn surgery. Because we all expect you one day to just to, to, to come out and say, <laughs> I'm getting the surgery. That's right. And we're all going to be there to support That's you. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm, uh, yes, I'm by magical creature. It's, no, it's um, an accident that happened at work. Okay. Yesterday I was working on a machine. It's kind of hard to describe this machine for people. I don't know how I can describe it. So have you ever seen a machine... That wraps a pallet like it, it goes around like you put a pallet onto a onto sort of a turntable and it spins and then the machine spins around it. I say actually it doesn't spin. It's no, I believe it spins and then I can't remember how exactly it works. But what we have at work is we have like a version of that, but it's it's on its side, mm-hmm. and we use it to wrap the door sections. So the big long garage door sections okay. we put onto this conveyor belt, sure. and they move along the conveyor belt horizontally through this wrapper. And then as it goes through, the wrapper spins on a big, it's a, a big, basically a big circle that spins around and yes. it has a piece of shrink wrap or a roll of shrink wrap on it. And it goes around the door as it goes. And then when it comes to the other side, it's wrapped and ready for, to be okay. put into, to be, you know, whatever, put into a, a stack and then get ready for uh, delivery to a customer or, sent, you know, deli- sent out for delivery. And so yesterday I was, 
I was in a bit of a rush and that was a problem. And I was wrapping a section and I, I was using a piece of recycled cardboard and it was curling the wrong way. It was curling, instead of curling up into the door, it was curling down. And I was afraid that as the wrapper went around, it was going to grab it in, in its downward curl and kind of push it, fold it away. And then it would leave part of the door exposed, which okay. I didn't want to have happen. So I was trying to hold that cardboard up and then... I got super focused on that, and I totally forgot that as the thing comes around, there's this big giant roll, roller like sticking yeah. out of it with a thing of shrink wrap on it, and it smashed me right on the forehead with quite a bit of force, and it put a big gouge into my into my skin, not in my bone, but right. into my forehead, and quite a bit of blood came gushing out because of the course forehead it's a head, is full of blood. Yeah, it's a head wound, so your your brain needs oxygen, and so we have lots of blood pumping to our head. Right, so. I immediately shut everything off and I walked to the office and I just <laughs> walked up there and I said, I've done something really dumb. And then, of course, they looked at me in horror because I had all this blood pouring right. down my face. You were Carrie, basically. <laughs> yes, I turned into all Carrie. Right. <laughs> and uh, and so, yeah, then I got taken to the first aid station and uh, cleaned up and then sent to the hospital. Because and the, you actually went to the hospital? Yeah, I went to the hospital good, because good, good. Okay. Uh, it was possible I would need stitches for okay. it. And so I went to the hospital. I was there for about three hours waiting in the ER. Sure. And uh, you're like you're you're the guy who, when you watch a TV or movie, mm -hmm. is the is the typical guy you see in the ER. The guy with the uh, head wound who's, who's, <laughs> who guy. seems okay, but he's going to be Thanks. like waiting for a while. I'm so typical. But clearly, but clearly, that's that's you know you're the guy. You're the background extra. Basic head wound guy. That's yeah. me. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah. And I felt I, it's funny. Like the ER is kind of like going to Disneyland. Like Disneyland has like secret lineups, you know, like you get in the lineup at Disneyland, you're like, oh, this isn't too bad. And then you run a corner and it's just like a whole room of people waiting and you're like, fuck, what the hell? And it was like that? <laughs> but we're already committed, you know, whereas at the hospital, what they do is like you go in, you go in and you have to register. Sure. Which I didn't realize. I went, I went in, there's no one there when I went in, but I sat down because we were talking to someone and I sat down and then a bunch of people came in and lined up and I was like, oh, I missed my lineup. So then I got in the lineup and then, and then, uh. So you sit, you sit down. They take get your health, you know, get your care card yep. number, and uh, get your name and check your address and things. And then they send you away. And then you sit down. Then you get called back again. And then they take your vitals. They right. take your blood pressure and check your temperature and and uh, and your pulse. And then you go sit back down again. Then they call you up again and you go over and you describe what happened to you and blah blah blah. And then the lady, and unfortunately, she was talking to me through glass, so I couldn't really hear her very well. And it was noisy behind me because people were mm -hmm. also talking to other nurses at their stations. And so I kind of got the gist of what she was saying to me, which was that I should take this folder that was marked zone three. Yeah. I should go straight down through the doors, yeah. hang a right, and then go down. And there was a folder there that said zone three, and I should drop this. Okay. My, or like See, a little. This seems a bit too much for someone with a head wound to do. <laughs> right? Doesn't it? Like if you've got a guy who's like bleeding from the forehead, you, you want to give them one instruction. Yeah. Down this hall, the end. Well, that would have been, even the, I mean, the amount I got was, wasn't bad. So I went, the door opens magically. I walked in mm -hmm. and I'm walking down the hallway and then I see to my, to my left as I'm walking through, there's two, you know, kind of folder holders in the, on the wall. One says zone one and the other one says zone three. So now I'm confused because I was told to go down and make a right and then I would find the mm. folder. So there's a nurse there for said So I said, should I put this folder here? And she goes, Oh no, that's for zone three. Then she looks at the thing. She goes, Oh, this says zone three. Well, this isn't right. She goes, No, just keep on going. But I noticed she didn't take it off of the, the... I'm like, huh, I wonder what's going on there. Hmm. Looking for suckers, I guess. <laughs> you put your folder in there, you, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of Immediate prostate exam. Yeah, fine. 
Yeah, this one guy, I really likes to do them. Yeah. He's just a little, tra- <laughs> my cunning trap. But I walked down, I went to the right, I put my folder into this the thingy, and then and then there's no chairs to sit in. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is weird. So I kept walking, but there was an arrow pointing down still. So I went, okay, I guess this is telling me to go this way. Okay. So I followed that arrow, and then I came into this other waiting room for ambulatory, uh, was it ambulatory uh, care? Ambulatory care, like reception or whatever. So I'm like, oh, oh, there's chairs here, so I'll just sit down. I don't know what's going okay. on. But then the nurse came up, was calling people, so I went, okay, I'm fine, I'm fine. And so, yeah, I waited there for about three hours. But yeah, that's the thing. Like, you just wait for one place, and then you get called, and you're like, here we go, already. And then you go down there, and you wait another hour and a half. You're like, oh, yeah, trick me. You tricked me. Unless you get a heart thing, in which case, ER. right in. Oh, that's nice. Like a bullet. That's, I mean, that's fair. I mean, I don't mind. No, exactly. I don't mind. No, if, someone, if someone's there with I've more gone need in for than the me. fast and I've gone in for the slow. Yeah. I and mean, it was never, and when it was never actually a hard thing whenever I went in for the hard thing. It was always something just masquerading as that. Yeah. yeah. When Mary fell and cracked her skull, uh, we were in like that. Like they were just like, put, oh, put her neck into a, into a brace and then shot us inside. Yeah, you can't and we, to take risks like that. Yeah. 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 So that, so, you know, to me it works. I mean, and to be honest, I mean, it hurt when it happened, obviously. I mean, I had yeah. a big metal thing hit me on the head. But when I was sitting in the hospital waiting, I wasn't in any pain at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't, like, when I went to talk to the nurse, she's like, so from, like, one to ten, how would you say the pain is? And I said, I don't know, one? She goes, really? I said, yeah, I mean, it's not hurting at all, to be honest with you. I feel silly being here. Right. And she's like, oh, no, no, you should come because you might need stitches, so. Yeah, and you, you know. said while you were there, because you look at this toe and just see what the deal is with this. <laughs> just take a number. Yeah. Ah. By the way, have you seen that ad that's the nail fungus ad? No, I haven't. Okay, there's an ad, by the way. Sorry, it just looked like someone had wa- listened to our episode and then just made an ad. Hey. And it's a dad, yeah. and he's like uh, got his foot up on a table, and it's a little on girl. On a table? Just, yeah. And is uh and well, he deserves uh, like coffee fungus. table. Yeah. And okay. the daughter is going, Hey, what's with the what's with that? And it's just like, Oh, it's uh yeah, it's just got a little nail fungus. Yeah. It's it's nothing. They just cut to the doctor, it's not nothing. <laughs> and it's just like it's fine, it'll go away on its own. It's not going away on its it own. It doesn't go away on its own. And, you know, you could spread it to someone else, you know. Oh, so I didn't yeah, know that. yeah, you can spread it to someone else. Oh. And uh and, you know, you just need you need some antibiotics and you need, you know, a prescription. And uh, she's calling her mom to come and take a look at it. It's like, ah, it's nothing. It's like, it's not nothing. And so it was just like, oh, wow, this ad is exactly up the alley of this one show. And I believe it's nailfungus.ca is the website. I guess it's something, uh, I guess after 20 years, I should take care of it. Has it been 20 years? Yeah, it's been 20 years. Okay, yeah, it's not going to go away on its own. And I want... It doesn't go away. I just, you know. Yeah. It's just kind of, eh. I'm now. I'm. By the way, I'm now looking to see if that uh, website is uh, is there. And yes, yes, there it is. Oh, it's uh, got a picture of a guy covering his eyes with his toes. He sees no he, evil. He is in. Uh, he is in denial. Yeah. And uh, and there we go. He's in denial. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, do you have? Oh, okay. Well, I'll ask you. I'll ask you nail questions afterwards because there's a test. Oh, okay. So I'll, I'll find that out. But let's go. Let's start with your head wound. So yeah. so you went in and what happened? So so I saw the doctor. Mm-hmm. And the doctor said, I don't know if you can believe this, he said, no more monkeys jumping on the bed. <laughs> and he so said... he's an older doctor. He's an older, <laughs> he's my age. He um, he took a look at it. I mean, first the, the nurse cleaned it. She sprayed the stuff in, which stung quite a bit. Sure, that's the way it goes. And that's funny, because like, then she said, she, when she asked me the pain thing, I said, well, it was a one. Yeah. Then you sprayed it, that stuff into it, and then say, now it's like a three. Well, you're the guy, you're the macho guy in the movie who like takes five bullets to the shoulder, mm. and then when the beautiful lady is like dabbing it with yes, iodine, that's right. goes, oh, <laughs> ah, yeah, ah, But like, you know, it's no well, problem. Well, instead of a dull ache, that's a sharp ache. That's sure. a different sort of ache, right? 
it doesn't really that really bother me that much either. I have a pretty high pain to- pain threshold, so it doesn't really like pain doesn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I like I have no idea. Like every roadhouse pain don't hurt. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I was like that. I've been like that my whole life. Like I've heard people say that, and there's times I've thought that. Mm-hmm. But how do you know that? Because you never know what other people feel as pain. So how would you well, know true. that you've got that's a high... true? But I mean, when I say I have a high pain threshold, then maybe I mean that pain doesn't. I don't feel that much pain. Mm. Like from things like when I had my surgeries. Like, I mean, I only relate it back to say when I had my surgeries from cancer. Sure. You know, and they would send me home with Tylenol three after I'd had my stomach cut open. I wouldn't like once I was off the morphine from the hospital. I just wouldn't bother taking pain medicine. I mean, it still hurt a little bit, but it wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, I don't need this because it doesn't hurt that much that I need to to, to dull the pain. Sure, there's some pain, right. especially that time when I would sleep in my stomach. That was my preferred way of sleeping. So I would come home and have all these stitches, you know, all these all staples in my stomach, mm-hmm. and I would just roll over and lay on my stomach, and I would do it very like easefully, like you know carefully like settle myself down because it wasn't like a pleasant feeling but once i got settled i was like ah this is fine i can take it and that's just that's how it is you know when i was a little boy i would get earaches but i wouldn't say anything about them my mom would just know i would have earaches because my ears would turn bright red um so i don't know i guess i just i don't know whether i'm just not a i somehow learned as a child to not complain or that was just my nature to not make a fuss not be fussy and and that's just sort of I've just internalized that okay. in some way. So, but so, really, honestly, when I was sitting in the hospital, it did not hurt at all. Okay. Like I just felt like th- there's nothing there at all. Did you drive yourself to the hospital? No, no. One of my coworkers good, gave good. me a ride. Okay, yeah. that's good to hear. Because our my warehouse manager was worried about concussion. Which rightly, I mean, I didn't rightly complain. So, and yeah, you yeah. could be in shock. You don't know. Yeah, exactly. I I didn't complain. Um, but yeah, they checked me for a concussion as well, and I, I was fine. No nausea. No no vomiting. No. I did have a bit of a headache, but nothing like a. Like a concussion headache sort of different than what you get from like a headache from something smash you on the front of the head, which is just a natural sort of reaction to your body to having been clonked. It was basically a case of clonking. So did you need st- uh, stitches? I did need stitches, but they decided not to do actual stitches, but instead to glue the skin together. Okay. So it's been glued together and I can't get it wet for five days apparently. Oh. But I am allowed to sweat. Because I said, well, I work a pretty physical job and I do sweat on the job. And I, I didn't want to say, and also I play spike ball at lunch and I sweat from spike ball and I go to the gym and sweat. Right. So I said, is sweating okay? And they said, yeah, sweating's fine. It's unavoidable, so don't worry about it. Okay. And then the doctor pulled out some facts for us because I guess he's a bit of a trivia trivia buff because he told right. us that... So it was like Beatles trivia? It wasn't Beatles trivia. I would have done really well at that. No, he said... That's how he tested you for concussion. That's right. Name all the fifth Beatles. Um, I just have to, I, wanted to, I want to read you a uh, text I sent to my, my boss Okay. while we're talking. But yeah, he told me that... Doctor he, said I need a raise. He told... <laughs> <laughs> that will cure me. He he told me that, or told us, that in this was a study done in England, that 10% of people in the United Kingdom sweat but have no body odor. Hmm. They, they don't develop. And I said, I think, that, I think that's me. But then I was thinking, or am I just a skunk who can't smell his own smell? Mm. It's hard to tell. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, my warehouse manager contacted me and he said, uh, he said, okay, well, if you need a lift or anything, let me know. I know you weren't thrilled about having to be driven to the hospital, but I need to, to err on the side of caution. Head injuries can be tricky, to which I responded, I understand, and I hope that works out better than I thought it was Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> which he did not get. He, t- he came to me and he goes, what did you write to me? And I said, oh, because you said head injuries can be tricky. And then I wrote that to you. And he goes, ah. Oh. So I wish I... I wish I'd thought that because then that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so there you go. Um, so yeah, that was my, and then 
um, Eve came and picked me up at the, from the hospital. Okay. I didn't. My car was still at work then. So the glue just uh, keeps it together, and it'll just heal. That's itself. right. It'll heal, and then because uh, one of the problems with stitches is that you get not only the scar from your cut, but also the scar from the stitches. Okay. So he was trying to minimize the amount of cosmetic damage. Now, how many uh, injuries have you had on this uh, job so far? Uh, two, well, three major I, ones. I know yeah. three. I know three so yeah. far. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And and there's been other real, minor ones. Real cluts would be my. I mean, I am the most injured person there, just because I'm a. Um, as one of the, my other, a fellow workers calls me, uh, I'm a giraffe. So, I'm just prone to. Uh, well, we've seen a lot of giraffes with bandages. Yeah, <laughs> prone to prone to not be the most agile. Well, I'm pretty agile, but uh, I'm also prone to. Um, Hit, I don't know. I'm because I'm just a bit of an accident. Okay, so you've happen. had one on your forehead. Where else have you been injured? Uh, the uh, arm. I cut my arm, and then I badly, uh, badly uh, cut my shin when I walked into a piece of metal. Okay. One time at work. Now, why that piece of metal was there was it, it was dumb that it was there because that shouldn't have been there. It was really really unsafe. Okay. That piece of metal. I was a little upset about that. The cut on my arm was my fault. And the bang on my head was also my, my fault. You shouldn't put your, your body parts in the way of machinery. Okay. If you've seen, you know, those those little old movie, old-fashioned, uh, you know. Shake hands with danger. Shake hands with danger and stuff like that. They're very clear. Right. And I try to be cautious. How many shake hands with danger things have you, have you done so far? <laughs> None of those. Those are okay. all terrible. All right. And I've been, I, those things I would never do, the kind of things they do. I mean, yeah, those are, I'm very careful. I'm very careful at work, but I'm just, sometimes things happen. And I'm a over-focuser. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a na- I just naturally overfocus, and so I can get like so zoned in on one thing that I forget about other things. And that's just my nature. That's just my nature. Okay. I, of course, I'm always worried about you, and so when you come to the show and there's a new bandage and something, and you've got the <laughs> a less, giant bandage in the, the middle the of my forehead. The less Nessman. Yeah, that's right. I, I was actually I was taking my blood pressure right before you came in, so I was like distracted. I didn't even notice that it yeah, was in your yeah. forehead, and I feel bad about that. So I know. I thought you were going to say something on the door, and I was going to be like, well, let's just save it for the show. And then you didn't say anything. I was like, oh, that's good. It's not that noticeable. But when I went to the save on uh, last night, I was getting a lot of people like kind of doing the old double take, like, what? You know. Yeah. There's a guy there, and you go, oh. I only went there. I just went there to get mustard. So, and also just to visit a Safeway because you like Safeway. It wasn't Safeway. It was Save On. Oh, Save On. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Safeway is gone. Sorry about that. Safeway is gone. Yes. Um, okay. Well, uh, you know, uh, you know. Again, I'm worried about you with uh, this job. I don't like seeing all the injuries, and I don't see all the blood <laughs> and the amount of hospital trips. So, um, yeah, stay cut down s- on hospital trips is my my view. In fact, I think you're right. From now on, when I have accidents at work, I will not go to the hospital. <sighs> Oh my God. Okay, you got the got a quiz for me. I do. You have a fungus quiz. Everyone yeah. ready for this? Sorry about that. We'll do it fast because I know some people are disturbed by uh, by by this kind of thing. But we're gonna do it. And it, listen, go ahead. Ten minutes if you don't want this. Yeah. So I've just filled out uh, your thing. Okay. You you queasy people. Out All right. There. Tell me about your toenail. Okay. Here we go. All right. Uh, does it uh, have white or yellow ridges? No. Is it dis- a discolored nail, yellowish, orange, or brown? No. Okay. Is there crumbling of the nail? Um. No, not really. Yellow, orange, or brown debris under the nail? Yes. Okay. We got that. Uh, thickening of the nail? I guess so. Uh, deformed nail? No. Okay. Lifting of the nail? No. Okay. So we got that so far. I guess, well, I guess it is sort of lifting the nail. It's cut back like way more than it, my other Understood. toenail is. Very good. It's because I've cut back where the... The fungus is sort of hollowed when out underneath When did you first it. notice uh, the oh, change? Oh, 20 years ago. Okay, more than a year. I was a farrier when it We're happened. We're going to go more than a year ago. More than a year ago, okay. Okay, there we go. 
Uh, now, I mean, these are all personal questions. You don't have to answer these. Uh, do you suffer from a medical condition? Uh, have you got diabetes? No. Psoriasis? No. Poor blood circulation? No. Liver problems? No. Weak immune system? No. Okay, none of the above. Good for you. All right, moving on. Uh, so, uh, places that you sometimes frequent. Do you frequent public pools? Uh, not so much anymore, but yes. Gym locker rooms? No. You don't go to the gym locker room. You no, just I, go just, to the gym. I just go in and out, yeah. Spas? No. Saunas? No. Okay, none. You should go to a sauna. It's nice. Too hot. All right. Fair and enough. wet. Uh, is there someone you're often in contact with who has nail fungus? No. Okay, very good. I wonder if I got it from a horse. I did get it when I was a farrier. Uh, based on these answers, yeah. you may have nail fungus on one or more of your toes. Well, yeah. No, duh. Yeah. What was all the rest of the questions for? You know, just they're nosy. <laughs> yes, so... Yeah, there you go. Nail, so which, nail, wait, did they? Okay, I'm gonna guess, and this is just a shot in the dark. That they nailed it on the fact that I um, sometimes go to the pool. I'm not sure. This I is, think that's listen, it. They're like, you go to the pool. Well, you must have. You know what happened to a, one of the guys at work? He went to he the. Fell you, in love. He was going to the gym. Okay. He, he did not fall in love. No, no you're, I'm you're wrong. That well, I was you're rooting wrong. for him. <laughs> he was going. He went to the gym for a very short time. Okay. And he was using the shower facility. Mm-hmm. And he picked up uh, warts, like on the bottom, bottom of his foot. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they're really painful. Yeah. Like, and he has to like, I don't know if he's still doing it. I don't think he's, he hasn't talked about it for a while. So maybe, he, maybe he's gotten past it. But for the longest time, he was like regularly going to the doctor to get them like taken off. Like, you know, like. Um, yeah, lasered off. Lasered off. Or maybe they do the CO2 thing where they yeah. use the ice, like the dry ice to, sure. to get rid of them. And yeah, it sounded really painful and awful. And he just got it from going to the gym, like going to the shower in the, in the gym. Okay. I'm sorry that sounds painful. Normally, I've had things CO2'd uh, off, and it's, yeah. it's not painful. It's all right. Huh. Yeah. It's just a little bit... Yeah. And then, you know. But I mean, he had like a whole bunch of them on the bottom of his foot. It was oh, like one or guy. two, right? It was like a bunch. And then they grow back again, and have to go in again and get it done, and then keep keep going. Right. And I guess it was just like slow attrition, where finally at the end, you, you win out over these darn warts. I was at the... Uh, but it just seems like the awfulest thing to to suffer for like a year yeah uh, from one you know one or two visits to a to a stupid gym so after that i was i was like well i guess if i'm ever going to use a gym shower which i did all the time at my old gym sure at fitness unlimited in langley you flip-flop it i would flip-flop it now but then i didn't but i think i was talking to him and they had wooden slats in the in the the, that shower stall thingy there yeah i think that's like a definite home for this oh, kind of okay, stuff right yeah. we just got tiles it was just tiles where where i went so i yeah. never had any trouble but but hearing that i'm i'm like if i'm ever going back to use showers i'm gonna flippy floppy it because yeah or thong it today i was at the, like to say. today i was at the gym and there was a guy who was uh changing near me and you know you don't talk to people because of course you wouldn't why would you he talked to you uh no but here's the thing he was he was uh he had his shirt off yeah and uh his uh back was bleeding oh and i was like oh, do i mention this yes today? you do Mm, no, I didn't. You didn't mention it? No. Just let him walk away bleeding. Yeah. Well, when you see his corpse laying in the hallway tomorrow, you'll... It wasn't a bullet wound. I hope you... Uh... It was It was just like, it was, uh, you know, it was It was, It was. was something, it was like about a freckle size. And oh, okay. It was like bleeding pretty good. So maybe just sort of cut, maybe cut a... Something some, happened some sort of and like, it was just yeah, like, you know, cut. going down his back. And it was like, how do I bring this up? Like, hey, you're, me, uh, you're bleeding you're, a little bit. Yeah. yeah there you go. Just, you just did it. You did it perfectly. Uh, but first of all, you got to be completely dressed to have that conversation. I can't have really? a half-dressed conversation with a person. Oh, okay. So I got to like make sure that I'm fully clothed. I'd, I'd and by be, that point, he was off and he was like uh, shaving his uh, head. 
at, at a sink and it was like eh, you know what he's gonna think that he he's gonna check himself he's gonna look around and he'll notice it and it'll be okay i felt bad but i just didn't feel like i could mention you know yeah. something about that like you know if he had a spider on him i tell him <laughs> in all my time going to the gym or going to uh pool changing rooms um i only one one person ever asked me about my stomach like the scarring on my stomach okay so i said do you mind if i ask you what happened to your stomach so stomach surgery from cancer and he's like ah so i'm glad you're here me too yeah me too uh though you should always uh, start off those stories with it was on a night much like this <laughs> okay sorry i broke protocol as yes. usual that's the way to start any story like that that someone asks that's a little bit personal on a night like, it was a, like on this. a night much like this hmm. and then you get it hmm. you know what your little thing that you did there reminded me of michael mckean on uh, good omens i don't oh, know why. okay i don't know why do you have you been watching have you seen good i've omens? watched it yeah do I think it's he does a very good Scottish accent on that show? Yes, he does. But I think it's weird, and I kind of thought, well, this is payback for all your uh, Frumious Bandersnatches and Tom Hollands and people like that who are being hired to play Americans. Finally, we've got an American being hired to play a Scotsman. Yeah, that is odd, isn't it? Because we don't usually get that that uh, kind of exchange. Is David Tennant doing his natural accent for for this? Or is he yes, doing I believe he's doing a British accent. I believe okay. he and, and uh, Charlie Sheen are doing their Michael ac- their British Charlie accent. Charlie Sheen. Yeah, I believe that's the actor who's on the... Yeah, Charlie Sheen. That's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, yeah Tiger good Blood. Good, good a little moments. Tiger Blood on you. That's what it is. <laughs> that's what that guy on his back. Did we, uh, did, we, did we talk about that and whether or not you liked it or not? Good Omens? Yeah. Um, no, we didn't talk about the show. We mentioned the book, and I tried to read it and didn't like it very much. Right. I just found it too, too joshy. I thought, I thought yeah, there's some... Too there's, much there's some, there's some good parts in it, and I really like David Tennant uh in it and uh the rest of it felt a little uh of its of its time and uh it just felt like yeah we've seen other things talk it's about too this much kind like of thing. hitchhiker's guide of the galaxy to me yeah it's very hitchhiker's uh guidey and you know but hitchhiker's is better like it, is, it does it better and is and the tv series better hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy TV yeah series? is the tv series better than good omens tv series would you say i've the been a while since i saw it but i don't know yeah i would say probably I didn't care I, for the uh, the the movie. Oh, I, I didn't mind the movie. Okay. The girls really liked the movie because they didn't couldn't compare it to anything. They never ah, seen the TV show nice. or read the books or, or heard the radio show. Because the Hitchhiker's Guide is weird that it started as a radio show, then became a book series, then became a TV series. That's a weird transition. That's an unusual transition. It's a I think. tricky. It's a tricky thing. And again, you know, I I do a comic called Exorcisters where, you know, uh, you know, we deal with heaven, hell, and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's it's such a trick to balance the character stuff with uh, not being too explainy because there is so much backstory and sure. you know just the concepts you've got to lay out. You've got to explain them a bit. Yeah. And I felt uh, it leaned too much towards the explainy, and it and that's why it felt like Hitchhiker's Guide. But at least in Hitchhikers, for the most part, it was like a, a voice that would just come on and explain yeah. something to you and then we're back to the story mm-hmm. with the exception of like Zephob, Birat, whoever, you know, would, would sometimes discuss something and explain it. But it was, for the yeah. most part, character stuff and then moving along and having their own adventures. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really tricky. You gotta, you gotta balance, balance. There was um, Kevin Smith's movie Dogma, I thought l- leaned way too much towards the explaining okay. to the point where every character I've never that, seen that film. Oh, it's uh, it's worth a watch. Okay, it's worth a watch. Uh, every character that showed up, with the exception of God, who doesn't talk, um, played by Alanis Morissette. That's right, and she does a very nice job. And I, I thought it was a good idea having God not talk. Uh, every character that shows up goes. Don't you see? It's like this, and then explains 
everything it's like a, a fact uh a, you know part of the universe yeah and yeah it's, but it's like this and god wanted this and did this and it was like ugh, you never get to like people just really being people being people and yeah. it's like that's what you want to be you want to have like people being people there's some good there's some good bits and there's some good special effects actually in it like effective things and mm. matt damon and ben affleck do a good job together and but someone like a chris rock just has to come out and just like give exposition 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 it's like uh. oh that's too bad yeah yeah, yeah. Alas, Morissette, though, really good god. One of my favorite <laughs> gods. In, uh, I'm surprised that the, the evangelicals didn't get their knickers in a twist over, over God being a woman in that. Hmm, I think, I think they did they get their had... knickers in a twist over God being a woman in uh, good, good Omens. That was part of the complaints that they've been making. Well, is that right? You heard about that, right? That they were complaining to Netflix. They wanted Netflix to take the show off the air. Because God's a woman. Because God's a woman. What's God supposed to be? Well, yeah, that's a good question. Really? <laughs> who like knows? I can almost see... I like, yeah, almost see to the them, complaint. I guess, they want a god who's like an old guy with a beard and a cloud. Well, I mean, I, I could see almost the complaint being God shouldn't be represented at all. You yeah, that's a better, that's a better complaint. You shouldn't have the voice of God at all. Mm-hmm. But if you're going, if you're going, if your complaint is that God's a woman, well, God's not a man either. Yeah. So how are you going to get this out there? Exactly. But that's not how they see it. Because them, to them, God is a man. God mm-hmm. is an old guy, old man with a beard on the cloud. Was God always old to them? To whom? To these uh, evangelicals you're talking about, like yeah, I think that that's the way they just just started old, like always old, eternally old, eternally, uh, eternally whatever, however um, Michelangelo painted him. Sure, that's basically you know that's so and, that's the that's, that's the, the danger. Point. Yeah. That's the eternal. Yeah, that's right. Is old like never? Yeah. God never had a young look. Never had like sure. a good young college look, clean shaven. <laughs> That'd be a weird thing if like uh, in heaven one day people just walked by and God shaved his beard. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, I don't know if I should mention he's got a very weak chin. <laughs> but God, awkward. God is not a being like that. So God does not. Have, well, God's like, got a beard, so you he doesn't know. have a beard. Well, we just said that it was an old man. He's really beard. married. No, it's he's not. Uh, is this? It's there's. I mean, I'm just talking about, like, that's a problem with representation. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why, whatever, the first or second commandment is against, like, having, you know, graven images. And painting a picture of God is a graven image. Yeah, so is that a problem, the Sistine Chapel? Yeah, of course it is. I mean, it, that's weird that the Sistine Chapel is, like, you know, one of the commandments I guess broken the ca- right commandment there. breaker, yeah, yeah. I, you know, because there is a sense, there was a sense for, I guess there were, I, I think that, when people were like, I think the church at the time of the Sistine Chapel was painted was not that concerned about those sort of questions. They had other things to worry about, like, you know, getting more gold and mounting crusades to get more gold mm-hmm. and getting more people scared of going to hell or limbo and or purgatory and getting more gold. You know, that was kind of their means concern. So they weren't really like thinking about, oh, should we be doing representations of, of you know, eternal changeless beings or well you wonder you know omnipotent should we, forces should, should we blaspheme or not you know seems to be a thing like a church might yeah. have on its to-do list is sure. like yes or no yeah no it's, a, it's i a, mean yeah if you're going to crusades you're already like killing so like yeah, that's, you're pretty much that's already, off the list as well yeah, exactly yeah. there's already lots of sinning going on and i think if yeah. you're doing it in god's name that is taking the lord's name in vain i would say yeah, yeah. no i think i'm you know i even wonder if there might have been some friction between some some religious people at that time over the idea of having like actual physical represent- representations of of god it's one thing to do with jesus jesus was a man right and i mean obviously our interpretations of jesus are ridiculous because they're so you know culturally his centered. abs are so great his abs are so great and it's so culturally centered um but the the idea of you know as soon as like uh, as as soon as you start to like have an idea i don't even mean like an, an image of god as soon as you have an idea of what god is yeah 
then you are you are lost because you are locking yourself into this into an idea of what God is, and that's an idol. And then you're worshiping idols, right. and then you're doing the wrong thing. You know, so you have to be really careful that your idea of God is so expansive and so inclusive that you just can't, you know, you just can't lock yourself down to this idea that God is this. Now, um, was uh, Michelangelo's interpretation of God with the beard and mm. the one we were thinking about? Yeah, was that the first interpretation of God like that, that or is that the? the yeah, the, I don't the... really know the history of God as as an image in art. That's a good question. Like, I don't know if people like Giotto or you know, like forerunners to to Fra Fra Lippi, Lippo Lippi and people like that. If most of them seem to me, though, if you look at those paintings from that time period, were painting like the the Holy Family. And things like so, painting Mary and the baby, or Joseph and Mary and baby, right. and, and things like that. So, or endless cherubs. Oh, so many cherubim, but and seraphim. Well, that's then you can write off your paintings. baby. You know, that's the thing as a model. Like if you, I remember going to the Royal Gallery in, in London, and it, you know, pretty much by the, near the end, we were like running past the paintings, just going seraphim, cherubim, seraphim, cherubim, seraphim, cherubim. You know, this is like so many. Like, how many do you need to see of these stupid things? But apparently, in those days, an endless appetite for seraphim and cherubim. But I I really wonder how how common the idea of God was in that time, and I do think the idea of God as Father was very pronounced. It was a very pronounced idea, and so the idea of of an older bearded man being the sort of like archetypal father figure sure. was was a common image in people's mind, you know. But and it's an unfortunate part of Christ's descriptor of God as Father. And you can understand why he said that, because he had a mother, you know, he had Mary, so he, God wasn't really his mother, and so it made, makes sense is for him as a familial term, but for us it doesn't make sense to think of God only as a father. And so yeah, I have seen no problem with having a woman's voice as God, or even a child's voice would be interesting as a, as mm-hmm. a, as a you know, different sort of thing. You know, it's possibly the best thing in the world to do is to just mix it up entirely, so that it's, there's no sense of... Everything, or have several different people do do the voice, either separately or merge them together. Into merge them one together voice. into one synthesized voice that, that is all is is all things. Yeah, that would be, be an interesting too. way of going about doing. Yeah, that. that'd be a good way too. You know, like I remember listening to this. He was a scientist, but he was talking about God, and he said, he said, um, you know, we say Father because we can't con- comprehend a force. You know, you just can't. You have to humanize it for ourselves because something that is just a force in the universe is incomprehensible you just can't your mind can't wrap yourself even if you say i understand you can't understand it you know so yeah it's interesting i was thinking of that i was reading an interview with um i was reading an interview with uh it was an article about bruce springsteen and they're talking to his manager john landau and landau said you know bruce is 70 now and he's at an age where you he says and we're similar ages and you know we're at an age now where you can't kid yourself anymore you can't pretend that you're immortal. You know the end is is coming. You know, there's during throughout your life, you know that you're going to die, but you can kind of push that away. Mm-hmm. And you can think maybe, you know, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to beat this system. Sure. You know? I'm going to game this thing. I know other people die, but I'm going to be okay. Yeah. You know, as long as I can get to, you know. And to be fair, uh, everyone is immortal as far as they know. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you're not going to see yourself die. You don't no. know. No, you won't. My clumsiness, I possibly will be. <laughs> You know, a living witness to my own my okay. own passing, but yeah. other people might not. It depends how you die. Obviously, you know, if you die in a horrible, slow way, you get to watch yourself perish. But yes, most most of us will go quickly, God God willing. 
but you know, I just think I thought that was an interesting uh, way to look at it. Just that idea of of uh, there's a eventual point you reach in your life. I mean, my mom's there for sure. My mom is there right now. She's really having to go through this, and uh, my dad seems less less that way. And I think because he's gone through a couple of heart heart scares, okay. he's had you know triple bypass, and he's been on you know had a heart uh, stuff, and so. I wonder if he's just dealt with it and, or if he's just completely avoiding it. If he's me and he's, you know, he's partly me because I'm partly my dad. Okay. If we're both the same, that we're both super good at like. How old, old are your parents right now? Uh, my parents are approaching, they're in their seventies. Okay. They're in their seventies. So. Like I look yeah. at someone like a Bruce Springsteen though, and I can see him, you know. I'm having, 79. Okay. I can see like someone like a Bruce Springsteen, you know, going into his nineties because he just seems like a guy who look, you know, seems healthy. Yeah, he looks really good. And the pictures that they have in the magazine, I was like, he's seventy. Yeah, That's and great. also seventy doesn't seem like seventy doesn't seem what seventy was. <laughs> just because we're old. What's that? It's the same. No, it's just that we're we're a lot closer to no, it. No, no, not at all. We're not looking through it through no. the telescope anymore. No, it's not telescope. I think like <laughs> when I think when we were younger. Yeah. And if you look at someone who is like. Who is who is seventy? Yeah, they look they do look different. Like someone who is fifty looks different than someone who's fifty now. Like legitimately, it, it just depends who you see. There's okay. people who look fifty who look fifty. There's other people who don't look fifty. Okay, it just depends like how people treat. Yeah, themselves you get your Paul Rudds and you get your other people who like yeah. you know look a bit look a bit rough. Yeah, it just feels like. And again, you know, I I see I see what you're saying, but I do feel just because people are healthier now, they're just they just are mm. they they are. Yep. You know, people live longer now. You know, yeah. they're well, healthier we just, now. It's not that we live longer. It's just that we die. We don't die as early as we used to. Okay. Well, the average uh, life expectancy for a Canadian male is 80. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, you're right. You you got to take infant deaths and yeah. other factors into that. Yeah. But that's basically, that's you know. And, yeah, then, and, then you, and then when you add into that. Is that, that a man or for? That's a man. 80. That's really good. Yeah. And when you take. I see why they're that, raising the retirement age. What you're, uh, what you, you got to take into a factor yeah. like yourself is, you know, then as well, like you don't drink, you don't smoke. Like these are all the other things that like cut years off, cut years off, you know. Oh, really? You, I should start smoking? Oh, you could if you wanted to. Okay. Just, you know, make it fair for everybody. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it looks like, uh, Springsteen, like, takes takes care of i don't know if he did like a lot of hardcore drugs like in the in the past or yeah like who knows but maybe who, who knows who hopefully knows, he did who knows. sort of quote-unquote healthy ones like cocaine and stuff like that yeah. they don't really like destroy your... once again i look at i look at like all these guys that worked on mad magazine and with the exception of people who are raging alcoholics yeah they're all like 80s and 90s they're like mm. deep into that yeah and i'm like that seems like a good job to have then whatever that i guess is, that sort of that's... sedentary life where you're not working super hard and str- straining and you you're, know like you're, yeah, not, you're not coming, exactly working like a lumberjack but you're also like coming up with stuff like you've got to use your brain yeah you know, yeah. so you've got to be creative. You got to be on top of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get nice feedback from people. People, you know, uh, you, f- yeah. you feel like maybe you're making a difference or something. I, I, I mean, I know one of the biggest factors to, towards long life, they say, is feeling that you're part of a community. Okay, that's a hu- that's a huge thing. Sure. Like when people that. feel isolated, that's when yeah. deterioration really sets. That's in. why there's so many old people at church. Sure, it's good to be part of a community. It's yeah. good to. You know, uh, be be there for that. But yeah, it's uh, you know, it's uh, no, it's in, it's interesting. It's uh, it's it's interesting. And uh, you know, we're but we're also both lucky that we live in Canada. You know, we've got access to healthcare. When sure. you've got a head wound, you can go and not go. Oh well, there goes. Hey, I got to sue my boss. Yeah, that's the only way I can afford to get this checked out now or anything. You know, it's uh, it's it's good. He's fine. Oh, send Dave to the hospital. Of course, that makes <laughs> that makes good sense. 
you know when the uh the retirement age was brought was brought in in Canada at 65 yeah the average life expectancy for a man at that time was 62 years old mm-hmm. that's why they made it 65 i can see why they want to raise it cuz uh they need to get it to 85 now yeah checking retire out retire at 85 okay sorry uh yeah the average life expectancy uh in 2018 for a canadian male is 80 years huh? and for females it's 84 years mm. yeah. yeah yes what was it the year before Ah, pro- there we go. It was 79 years the year before mm. in 80, 83 years. So, hey, yeah, good. Up, it's going, going up. up. Going up a year. It's going nice. Up, yeah. let's, keep it, let's keep it going. I know there's lots of factors there. You know, there's a change in how we work. You know, there's way less physical labor done now than there used to be. Mm. You know, this is so why I'm worried about changes. you with like coming with all these wounds. Like I, mm-hmm. I want at some point I'm, you to to, to have something that feels a little safer. Remember, I'm not. part of a community at work. I understand you're part of a community. There's many <laughs> other communities to be part of. There's many other communities in the world. I mean, listen, every time you do a podcast, people respond to you and talk to you and go yeah. back and forth with you. Sure. You know, So you do have, you're communityed up. You're good. <laughs> yeah. I am part when of would you When would you want to retire? When would I want to retire? Yeah. From my job I work at? Yes. The 65. Okay. Yeah. Or whenever. I wouldn't want to stop doing things. Like I wouldn't want to stop podcasting, let's say. Okay. That's a different situation. Like, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to stop doing that. Like, I wouldn't want to stop working uh, of some sort because I do. I'm but a, of the manual labor bee. job. When yeah, you yeah, that, that, those sort of things, you know, that's. Could you, could you see yourself doing the job that you're doing now when you're 60 years old? It'd be very difficult. Mm-hmm. I can't really see myself doing it. I think I would like to move out of, I would like to move out of the physical part of it. But at the same time, I mean, the physical part of the job is, you know, helps keep you kind of young. But at the same time, it also ages you because you are stra- straining your body to do the work. And mm-hmm. that's part of what kills you, you know. That's part of what killed men in the past was, you know, they were working as lumberjacks, fishermen, mm-hmm. coal miners, farmers. Did I say farmers? Um, lum- lum- you know, it was sort of very, you know, very hard, very physical jobs. And there wasn't a lot of, equipment that took away from the strain of the job you know there wasn't you know you weren't sitting in a crane thing like stripping denuding trees of their leaves with these big giant machinery you're you're physically like hacking away at them or chainsawing away at them and same with farming you know there was a lot of you know actual like physical labor involved in that job was really hard and that's kind of you know we've made it easier for ourselves by inventing machinery that takes away some of the strain of that Mm -hmm. and i think that's added to our increased life because you're less likely to die in industrial accidents. You're less likely to, you know, cause long-term injuries that shorten your life. You're less likely just to strain yourself, you know, where you're straining your your body to the point where it's exhausted and breaking down and then you, you die young, you know. Right. And we eat better and we have a better sense of our health as well. So those things also all contribute as well. And it's the fact that less of us die young. That's very important. <laughs> That's what keeps that going up. Because, you know, in the Victorian era, you know, you can read stories, you can read Dickens, you can read Trollope or whoever, and there's lots of old people in those books. It's just that, you know, it's just less likely that you'd live to be old if you were poor as opposed to being wealthy. A wealthy person can live very a very long life, but a poor person was very hard because your life was so miserable and hard. And, you know, at some point you just gave up and just went, fuck it. This sucks. <laughs> so long, everyone. Giving up the ghost. But, you know, now it's much different. Our jobs are sedentary, which as long as you're not too sedentary, as long as you, you know, keep some level of fitness and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's, it's better that you're doing a job where you're not killing yourself to get it done. Those are all good things. Hooray for modern times. It's all yeah. good. Nothing uh, bad about it at all. 
I was just looking uh, who's got the greatest life expectancy uh, country-wise. And uh, what would you say the, the, the country with the greatest life expectancy would, uh, would be, Dave? Um, I'm going to guess. It's going to be a weird one. I'm going to guess Japan. Japan is number two. Oh, so That's uh, males 81 and uh, females 87. Uh, Hong Kong. Really? That's number one, yeah. You'd think Hong Kong, which is a very, very bustling, high-pressure place, I assume, because it's such a busy industrial kind of, or not industrial, industrial but commercial place, but I suppose the, they don't do a lot of physical labor there unless you are, unfortunately, you aren't part of the physical labor force, but most of the jobs there are kind of, you know, commercial banking jobs and things like that. It's a very, it's a money hub in, in, for Asia. Yeah. Switzerland's pretty good, and so is Italy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking of Italy as well. Italy was another one, but I thought Japan was the the top the top one. Uh, yeah, we are uh, we are one above uh, Norway. So take that, Norway. Ah, after and, we were uh, after we had some Norwegian old Norwegian men rubbed in our face during the participation. Oh, we certainly days. did. Yeah, they yeah. said he was healthier than us, but it was all make it make them ups. <laughs> and then we're also a little bit healthier than uh, or longer lived than uh, New Zealand, but not as long lived as Australia. It's weird. I would think like Australia was less because of all the deadly things, but nope. Uh, Australians it's live w- longer. It's and, weeded out the weak. Yeah, that's that is quite possible. And also, we 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 beat Finland. Good for us. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm sorry to rub it in everyone's faces. Less here. less blackout drinking in Canada. Yeah. Uh, United States. Uh, the average life expectancy for a male. What would you say the average life expectancy for a male is in the United States? Seventy-eight. That would uh, uh, that would uh, be too off. Uh, so it's seventy-six. Oh wow, that's really young. Yeah, and for females, it is uh, eighty-one. Hmm. It, they just barely beat Cuba. But I think we probably suffer slightly less, but from the same thing as the States, which is that unhealthy eating. Mm. I think that's a real, real killer down there. Uh, unfortunately, American portion sizes stun are me every stupid, time. stupid, but yeah. we, we kind of have the same ones in Canada. No, not as big. Not as big, yeah. No, in restaurants? No, no, no. I don't no, really no. eat too often in the States, to be honest, but I, I mean, I've eaten there. and It's, been, it's, it's literally, it's, yeah. it's stunning when you just go and like, Oh, I'll have, and you just order like what you would normally have, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then you just go, geez, and like to the I point know. where you have to just go and go, look, whatever <laughs> we're ordering, we're going to split this because, and even splitting this yeah. is ridiculous. <laughs> and you feel like a jerk too, because especially if you're at a con or something and you feel like, well, I'm not even close to being able to finish this. And it's like, wrap that up for you? No, I have a hotel with no, no microwave or anything. Yeah, yeah. So no, please waste this food. And yeah. You feel yeah. like a son of a bitch. Well, for you should make sure you get a kitchenette next time you get a. Oh, sure, sure. I'll tell them that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, well, you're right. I mean, part of it, part of it is honest. Like, because they they have, Lisa's uh, quite often goes to, to Manitoba mm-hmm. and they, she's noticed a weight problem there as well. And I think it's to do with people's um, background from farming in that, you know, there was a time when farming was really difficult, you know, and so the the farm workers would get up in the morning, they'd go out, do the the morning chores. They'd come in, have a big breakfast, go out, do more work, come in, have lunch, you know, so their day was a right. busy working day. As you took away the work factor of it, if you took away like the the physical labor part of it, either not being on a farm at all, or just sitting in a tractor and you know, pulling a combine around or whatever. You, but still eating like you were, like your your dad and your grandpa did. 
you know, you just get big because you're not working off that. Like sure. Your dad and your grandpa, they worked, you know, and they probably were big men anyway, but you wanted to be big because you were working a, a job that required physical strength and being warm in the winter and stuff. So some bigness was okay, but you didn't want to get, you know, super big because that, you know, you can't work, you know, but it's okay if you're just sitting in a tractor or you just work in an office, right. but you still eat as if you are a farmer, then, you know, you're really, and I think that's, the problem in places like that where they have this tradition of big big meals because everyone worked really hard yeah it's and also it, it doesn't cost a lot for a restaurant to up the amount of pasta yeah, or fries yeah. but i'm not even thinking like restaurants i'm just thinking like home meals sure. as well you know like just but know. i think i think you almost like base well maybe you don't but like i think you you know when you're like how how big should a plate of food be well yeah. i went to a restaurant and this is how much pasta was. okay okay well that's 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 a reasonable mm. size for a plate of pasta i yeah. guess the when i'm at home that's what mm. I should have. No, no, no. It's just not at all. <laughs> but, you know, pasta is yeah. cheap. Yeah. And so, like, if you have a big plate of pasta, uh, you, people might come back to your restaurant because, like, oh, wow, it's good value. But yeah. it costs them next to nothing. Yeah. But now we've just, like, overfed you. Mm. Yeah, most of our meals we, we have on small plates. Like, not desserts uh, size plates, but sort of a middle one between a full dinner plate and, a and like, a dessert plate. Sure. And that seems like a good way. Because, you know, we just don't eat that much at dinner and it's just a better way like if we use a regular plate it looks like we're getting nothing so if you use a smaller plate it fills it up and it looks like you're getting lots so kind of trick yourself but you don't want to yeah you don't want to overeat it's not good no i mean i do like to overeat every once in a while like you know every once in a while you there's an opportunity thanksgiving or something thanksgiving or if look we're going to a barbecue tomorrow night because uh i don't know if you know but lisa's going away to hong kong for two weeks Oh, that's where people live a long, long time. Yeah, so she's going to be doing really well there. Just the time she spends there will increase your life. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And kind of hear that. And um, so, yeah, we're having... So kids have come from Ontario and, and uh, I think from Alberta to go. So we're having a barbecue tomorrow night. So barbecue means Dave will be eating more than he normally does because free food and barbecue. Right. And it's a bit of a celebration. And it's right? hamburgers and hot dogs, guys. Now, has Lisa ever been to Hong Kong before? No, never. So she's really kind of excited about this. Nice. She's a little nervous right now because she's pre-trip, you know. Sure. Pre-trip getting stuff together for this It's trip. a big trip, too. That's a long flight. It's a long flight. And, uh, and you know, she's, she's looking after kids when she gets there. So she's not entirely... You know, doing nothing when she gets there, but also you have to get together like gifts for the people you're you're seeing there, like okay. and all, you know just things like that. that. Just kind of that kind of psychic, soul sucking things you have to do sometimes. Sure, you know? gifts for people you don't know. That's the hardest thing to do in the world is gifts for people you don't know, unless you don't care. If you, you don't just, care, then just, it's super you just easy. Just bring some Canadian stuff. There you go. If you don't care, you got to bring. <laughs> no, you got to bring. You got to bring some maple syrup, exactly. and you got to bring some. Yeah. You know, maybe salmon. You know, mm, you just bring. You, you bring the basics. Yep. You know, yep. So that's what we do when we go to Europe. You know, it's just yeah. like maple syrup, salmon, and then some other business, and here we go. Yeah. Have you ever tried a coffee crisp? Enjoy. That's a good and one. People, and people are like, "Geez, these are really good." And like, I know why. I don't know why they haven't taken off. I did bring big Turks with me. That's what I. I never seem to get that reaction that year. Describe. <laughs> uh, yeah, so no, I'm I'm excited for her. I'm really happy that she's going. She's going as a team coach. So cool. Yeah, and she was all nervous when before. She's like, "Should I apply?" And I was like, "Of course you should." You know, like why? Why not? You know, well, do you think they'll think I'll get? Of course you'll get it. <laughs> and by the way, Wayne Gretzky's rule, I think, is the best rule. Which is you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Mm-hmm. So you know, take a shot. Can't hurt. You know. So she's going. 
She leaves and then on he, get, he gets that one, that one in a hundred, and that the remainder, ninety nine, and that's his number. That's, that's his just number. math. <laughs> that's right. He scored a lot. Uh, yeah, and he was a pro star as well. You got to remember that. Was it, he's a pro star. Yeah, he had his little cartoon where he was with Bo Jackson and uh, oh, who was the third one? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yeah. Did they do the voices themselves for those? Oh fuck no! There's no way. Okay. Do you wondering. think so? I I hundred percent don't think they. I, well, I don't know. Been able to afford them to do the voices. Uh, for that, and also it was a serial. I think it was. I think it was a TV show based on a serial. Oh, okay, probably not then. Okay, I'm going to take a quick look and see uh, pro stars if they did their own voices. Uh, with the, no, not even close. I was <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, just curious. I never That's saw right. It. Originally intended to air on ESPN, the show centers on Michael Jordan, Bo Jackson, and Wayne Gretzky fighting crime. <laughs> wow. helping children and often protecting the environment as well. Well, nice. Good for them. There you are. Good for them. Oh, but they would also do live action sequences before the show where they tell kids about the upcoming episode and often answer questions uh, from kids at the conclusion. Uh, but it was it was done solely by Gretzky and Jackson. So Michael Jordan, he was busy space jamming, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He had to yeah. save the universe. <laughs> he, had his own, he had his own bag. Yeah. He had, a, he had to go practice baseball. He had other things to do. He had to, like, go, to go uh, how do you grow a Hitler mustache yeah. in uh, this day and age? Yes, he, he, went for he had to go underground to avoid gam- huge gambling debts. I'm trying to think, like, who's the villains in that? Uh, uh, in nearly every episode, the pro stars would get a message by teleconference from a child explaining a situation. How did the child have that technology? Uh, such a, a little boy from an island in the South Seas who said his village's treasures were being stolen by Short John Silver. <laughs> boy. Oh, boy. Someone thought they were very clever when they thought of that. Idea. Oh, boy. They were patting themselves. They could be heard patting themselves in the back oh, for miles boy. around. Oh, weird. Sorry. Uh, went down a bit of a rabbit hole here where they went like, okay. it's comparable to the TV series Free Willy. There was a TV series about Free Willy that they fucking fr- free Willy like every week. Yeah. But it was an animated series. Yeah. So it just continues the adventures of the Orca. I guess he gets like. Yeah, you know, he's free now. He, he gets like uh, captured every week and he's got to find his way <laughs> out. Not necessarily. Like he, he just goes and stops crime. No, he goes into like an escape room uh, with the kid <laughs> and the two of them have to figure out all the well, They puzzles. do because he killed, he'll, he'll uh, die. Kill him. He'll he kill the kid. Yeah. Oh wait, were you saying he'd die? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought like because he's a killer whale. At some yeah, point, yeah. he's just like, no, no. listen, if it comes down to out it, the I, water. Will, I will attack and eat he's you. Out of the, he's out of the water. Unless you can get me out of this escape room. <laughs> that is a problem. That's a problem for sure. Oh, bless him. Uh, so, uh, hey. Oh, by the way, a completely d- different uh, topic, but going back a little bit to God. Uh, I know some of you are like, Ugh, more God. <laughs> um, and again, this is double bad because I'm quoting like another um, uh, podcast. But uh, oh, we no. talked a long time ago about magical thinking yes. and kind of gotten a little bit of like uh, why religion isn't magical thinking. And Stephen Colbert was on um, the Mark Maron show this, okay. this week. And he was, and Mark Maron uh, kind of, comp- he talked about how he had all this magical thinking where it was things like, if I hold my breath for long enough, my brother will come back to life. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. Uh, and, 
he was saying, well, you, you believe in God, so that's a bit of magical thinking. He went, no, no, it's the opposite. And so this was his perspective okay. on this, like which was magical thinking is uh, you control the Godhead. You were trying to control yeah. things, yeah. whereas uh, God to him was faith, and faith is, you know, you are giving up control. You're, yeah, it's, right. it's about belief, and so it is that's the right. opposite in that in that regard. And I went like, ah, this, uh, this figures <laughs> into a previous conversation we have. I will bring it up on my podcast. <laughs> That's what I'll do. That's a very good. That's a very good definition. I think they think he's right. I think magical thinking is the is the is the is this kind of fear of loss of control, and the idea that you can control through various ways, whether it's holding your breath, you know, closing a book three times. If I touch, yeah. If I touch this, uh, if I do this yeah. alphabetically, if I can count mm-hmm. this far and do this much, yeah, yeah I, yeah, I fall, I fall into a lot of that to the point where. I think sometime I will probably just try to get tested to see if there's any OCD going on because, mm. like, mm. I think probably there is. It's so easy for me to be obsessed with things, and especially with this weight loss thing I've been on. It's just like there's yeah. so many obsessive things. Huh. It's just like, ugh. It's just such a... It's <laughs> so such tiresome? A, it's, 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 it's beyond tiresome. Yeah. It is emotionally and soul-crushingly exhausting yeah. right now yeah. to be in, in the middle of this. Uh, I, I just figured out a thing like this week when I was talking like last week about the palpitations where... Um, I've been drinking coconut water because it's got uh, potassium in it. It's a very yeah. fast way to get potassium. Okay. So if I ever have the palpitations, I drink the I drink the coconut water, and that seems to take care of them for the most part. Okay. Uh, but uh, who the hell knows? It might just be, oh, maybe it's just the sugar that does it. Maybe it's just drinking water that does it. Yeah. Maybe it's yeah. anything that does it. I don't know. All I know is like that aspect of that of that you know works. But I'm still trying to get like a handle on all these kind of things, and still have things at night where you know all of a sudden like the heart's beating really like strong or what have you. And this is part of what you get when you start exercising on a regular basis too. Ah, uh, just all this. Huh. Fucking hot nonsense. It's just like, <laughs> once again, I say, I say to my body, "Hey, we're in it together. How about that? And how about not always being on random?" But I think, I think the other thing that I've been doing lately too is I haven't been eating enough, so oh. that's been d- really dramatically affecting. Yes, that my can mood. certainly affect you. Yeah, and it's been mm-hmm. making me a bit crazy. So I'm going to yeah. try and actively to the point where, like, I, I have like a little fitness app, and the fitness app has been going, "Um, hey, no, <laughs> we're not going to register this because you're not having enough." So, you know, I'll try and uh, try and have a little bit more. That's good. That's a good thing because yeah, I think people can you can get obsessed with the idea that eating is bad and that you should not do that when eating is actually really good for you. Yeah. You know, the the really obsessive really thing that I've you. been doing lately or I was doing was like checking my blood pressure way too much. Mm. Uh, and, and the other thing that I was doing was because I was getting these kind of skip beats that were, it wasn't really palpitations. It was just occasionally skip beats, um, that the, again, the coconut water seems to take care of. I was just checking it way too much and I was counting, you know, like to 30 to 60 or whatever with it. And it was just like, just ridiculous. It was just stupid. And, uh, you know, and if it did skip a beat, I was just like, heartbroken about it and it would just be it would just be crushing to me that you know my body was betraying me and just being this jerk and yeah. it was like ugh you know huh. and uh yeah doing more reading about it about it and you know there's uh what I what I think also is possibly doing it sorry to go off on this but it's it's all that's in my head right now is uh is I've it might be a digestive thing too because mm. uh stomach is so close to the heart that if if you get like little kind of gurgles it that also counts as a skip beat it's like so close that it does that and anxiety will do that quite easily 
And, uh, and then I also made this mistake the other day was I was doing a bunch of swimming and I was swimming on my back, which works the core. So my chest muscles and my core were cramping at night. And that also does it and makes it makes for skip beats and yeah. it's like son of a bitch so it's and like also this, that's where potassium can help you as well because it yeah. cuts down on cramping that's right yeah so that that helps out with that mm-hmm. but there's these times where you know when you when you hear like okay now you got to worry when you feel a tightness in your chest but i know it's like the muscles yeah. it's not it's not the under the ribs mm-hmm. it's the over the ribs mm-hmm. and it's just like all this stuff that's just like ugh, <laughs> just so so damn annoying and i'm sorry to go off and on about it but it's like it's such a big part of my life right now yeah and i just want everything to just settle down and just be normal <laughs> and just so i can just concentrate on writing and doing all this other other stuff i was doing a show last night and in the middle of the show i was just like checking my pulse like during it a couple of times i was just like stop it but it yeah. is so compulsive that i just can't wow. i just can't stop it i remember as a kid this is totally an no, no, different please. from what no, you were talking take about. It, but take it to a take it to a different place. But I, I somehow got in my head this whole idea of like stepping a crack, breakers, make break your mother's sure, back. Sure, sure. And I started like obsessively not stepping on cracks walking home from school. Right. To the point where like I was changing my gait, you know, my the, my pace of walking in order to like make sure my my legs, you know, and it's just this, so it got so ridiculous that when I just went, oh, this is so stupid. So I just like almost like intentionally walked on cracks all the way home just to like right. just break myself you of this. Came home and your mom was doing crack. <laughs> She's laying on the floor, my back. <laughs> and, you know, of course, she, her back was not broken because I stepped on cracks all the way home. Oh. It, I just kind of, you know, I just kind of said to myself, this is so dumb. Like, why am I getting so worked up about something that's clearly just made up? So I just, I just well, forget hey, about do, it. Do you, uh, when you spill salt, do you do no, some of I'm not shoulder? superstitious at all. Uh, I, I have to. I know, I just noticed that with you. Yeah. I think it's funny because, like you say, like, like, I think to people, like, my belief in God is like a naive dumb thing but it's okay to throw salt over your shoulder you know what i mean like they're it's mm-hmm. they're so they're one is this you know this attempt to ward off danger the other is like this deeply held belief of how the universe mm-hmm. works best into the way you understand the universe you know and the other is throwing salt over your shoulder yeah <laughs> both, both basically often come from how you were raised it's well just like, i was not know. raised in a religious household so at all so yeah, mine. You know, mine was a just a journey that I took. You know, that and it just started to make sense to me that you know, I it's hard to explain the the whole of it. You know, and then there's a part of it where you do have like a this sort of weird experience of like actual, you know, kind of a sort of transformational sense of God. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to explain, but you know, like most people I talk to, it's who convert, if it was easy to explain. Yeah. It, People who convert like that, you know, later in life, that's basically one of the, usually like a kind of a, a reason to, to convert. But thinking of, thinking of religion, just to go slightly way sure, off sure, the sure. different way about it, I was watching a really good movie the other night. I just want to recommend it, which is called The Miseducation of Cameron Post. It stars, um, Chloe Moretz. Uh, I can't remember her, her name. You know what I'm, ta- I'm talking about, right? The girl from Kick House and stuff. Okay. Yes. Um, and she's a, a young, it's, it's a period piece. It takes place in 1993. Which, to me, as a 53-year-old man, the 1993 <laughs> is a period piece. It's very saddening. But yes, it's a period piece um, about a, a girl, a young lesbian girl who gets caught in a relationship and is sent to a re-education camp by her family. And so she goes to this re-education camp run by a brother and sister. The brother, uh, a reformed homosexual, I'll put reformed in quotation marks. And it's a very good, sad movie. <laughs> Just it's so... 
it's very the naivete and the and like the innocence of the kids who are being tortured by adults whether they're well-meaning or not they are being yeah. tormented and tortured by these people it's a very good very sad film there is a, a happy happy sort of ending to it there's also a tra- sort of a mix of tragedy and and it's it's but it's very very it's i think it's based on a true life experiences of of the screenwriter sure uh, and I believe the screenwriter, one of the screenwriters also directed it. But it's, uh, yeah, it was a very good film. I highly recommend it. And it it made me think, because, you know, there's there's uh, some ladies, some young ladies in our church who are who are gay. And uh, I we had a, just a little while ago, we had a, um, a luncheon that was put on by the people who've come to our church in the last year as a thank you for being oh, welcomed so nice. much. Okay. They just felt so welcomed by the people who have been there for, oh, for a long sweet. time. Okay. And I was talking to one of them, and he said, yeah, it's strange. Like, when you go to a new church, you usually just get hostility from the people who've been there a long time. Like, it's this kind of, really? like, it's just an in-group thing, right? Like, kind of okay. like, you know, you're new, we're old, you know. Okay. But so you, you, you guys have none of that. Like, you're just so welcoming and so nice to everyone. And so, they, you know, that's why they put on this lunch for us. But they also had, like, a little booklet with, with um, pictures of people who are new and, like, little things written by you know by them talking about why they like the church and stuff and there was one from this couple and they they said you know the church i grew up in rejected me and so i rejected it and i was away from religion for a long time but you know finding saint dunstan's i was able to have religion in my life oh, again that's nice. and that was really nice but it made me think of that this movie and i was just like ah so stupid yeah completely so stupid oh that we cut people off and that we talk about love and then say no but not this love <laughs> yeah. just, let's just draw a line here there's an arbitrary line right here in the yeah sand. i know that's like i think it's illegal now the kind of pray away the gay uh thing in canada I'm, i don't think we, oh I, yeah i think uh but but it wasn't like five years ago yeah and i yeah. remember like a catholic church by my old place uh, had like a poster up there's that was basically was like saturdays you could mm. come and like basically try to pray away the gay and i was like yeah no. don't pray it away celebrate the gay and i mean it's just yeah i mean let's face it it wasn't just the church that was part of this thinking i mean as a culture we were you know like it just drives me insane that in the 1940 like the late late 40s early 50s it was decided that uh gay gay bureaucrats homosexual bureaucrats in, in ottawa were a security risk because they could be blackmailed by the russians for their homosexuality so, so they were all fired from the civil service. These are mostly men at this time, of course, mostly men who had given, you know, 20, 30 years of their lives to the civil service in Canada, have been a major part of the civil service, have been a major part of the war effort. Sure. And then they're just fired. Yep. You know, and I was listening to this, just like so outraged. And I was just like, well, here's the better idea. Just make it not illegal. If it's not illegal, then there's no threat from blackmail. Mm-hmm. But that didn't occur to us at the time. It occurred to us at the time that it would be more as a better idea just to fire everyone, and it's so terrible, you know. Like what a unforgivable, or uh, there's no really should be no such thing as unforgivable, I guess. But a so such so uh, clumsy and ill-meaning, and just every yeah. which way, it's just so small-minded and awful. But you got to go like even, uh, you know. I mean, women didn't have the vote like a generation before. Like yeah, well, they yeah, weren't even people. That's the thing. They weren't yeah, even people. They weren't re- legally people. Exactly. So, <laughs> so they were. The, the outrageous part was they were. Mm-hmm. During World War One, they were given the vote, and they were people. After the war, it was taken away from them again. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah, even more small-minded yeah. and outrageous. Yeah, Let's just say that not only are we living longer, we're better as people to a degree. 
to a degree. Yes, indeed. Um, let's not pat her, let's not break around patting ourselves in the back. No, but but, we uh, still, <laughs> but let's better acknowledge, let's acknowledge. And I, I yes, know there's, there's sometimes like my thing is always when when people go like, well, you got to like cut people slack because they were in the past and what do they know? And my thing my thing about that is okay, but I think when you do judge the past for the past actions, yeah. you should then also look at yourself now and just go, so what are we doing wrong now? <laughs> yes, there you go. Like what's going on mm-hmm. right now? Yeah. Like you know, if you're in the if you if you're in the states and you see like a Donald Trump uh, or whatever that government you know going like we're gonna like stop trans people from being in the army, like that seems ridiculous that that's that's a thing. Yeah. Like that that could even get brought up. And not have everyone just like go, what the, like people do go, what the, yeah. but like that everyone doesn't just go, what the, yeah. that's bananas. That's absolutely bananas. Yeah. So things, and we've got, you know, we got problems in Canada too. We're, um, we're not there as a culture yet. Yeah. There's safe places for trans people, but yes, as a, as a culture, as a culture at large, we're not. It is nice, you know, whenever I go to any of the gyms or pools that we've got around here that they clearly, clearly have, mark, you know, yeah. big signs that mm-hmm. say like, yeah. I noticed that at VanCaf this year that there are signs, yeah, just saying our bathrooms are. are it's just a step in the right direction. Trans-friendly. Yeah, um, and who cares? Going to go. Other question, everyone. Who cares? Uh, so it's a bathroom. Speaking of questions, uh, we ask questions every show, and uh, then we read the answers. And we such. ask questions. We ask lots and lots of questions. Yeah, we're like the Riddler. Uh, question of the week uh, last week was: Tell us something that's worked for you to get you to a happy place with your health, and also what Avenger would you be? So, those were two <laughs> questions. Now we're just going to add the Avenger one. First of all, with uh, Louise, uh, we mentioned that she illustrated a book of stories and uh, that were written by Frank Van Keeken. Yeah, and that was the collected stories of August Castile. They were oh. ultra short stories from his stage act that he uh, told in the voice of a vaguely European guy. Frank Van Keeken, as well, uh, used to be in the Kids in the Hall. And Not in the Kids in the Hall, but he was in the... No, no, pre- he was. Pre- no, no. Oh, it was in Kids in the Hall? It was when it was, the, when it was an improv group called Kids in the Hall. Because oh, okay. that was what it was originally. Okay. Uh, the original original Kids in the Hall. I thought he left you for that. I've got... Uh, nope. I've got... Uh, that's, it's weird, because that is in that book. Mm. And it seems to say that, but I've seen posters with him in it okay. uh, as, as one of the kids in the hall. Ah. But he played a brother to Mark McKinney, and they both did the voice of the head crusher guy. Ah, okay. And they both kind of came up with the head crusher thing at the same time. So there's a little Frank Keegan trivia. Um, well, thank you for that, Ian. And Louise mentions that, uh, was talking about heart skips, saying that her mom also has a heart that skips occasionally and sometimes races like crazy, which can trigger panic attacks. And so far, it's never been a heart attack. Often, it's caused by a digestive problem such as bloating. Uh, hmm. We get her through the episodes by talking calmly, getting her to breathe slowly, and offering her to get her emergency help. Over the years, we've taken her to the ER a couple of times and called an ambulance once, but she's been okay. But it's reassuring for her to know that we will take her to the hospital if necessary yeah when stuff like that is happening it does feel like it's uh, mm. like when when you when your heart is skipping or racing or messing up it takes everything over and then yeah you're supposed to calm down but it is so panic inducing yeah that it feeds itself huh. um so uh, we also uh talked about a shrimp fettuccine and i asked what kind of sauce she would put on that shrimp fettuccine she says white cream sauce yes mm. indeed and is her, that an alfredo sauce or is that is white cream sauce different than alfredo? i think it's a little different yeah okay. Uh, and but you know, an Alfredo sauce is always nice too. Uh, and Damn for street. the Avengers, she would be Scarlet Witch. Very mm. good. Uh, our friend uh, Edward Dragansky 
uh, says being diagnosed as a diabetic a few years ago, a year, years back has helped the weight come off. I've cut out almost all sugars and as many carbs as I can, which leaves me uh, feeling much better than I did a few years ago. My st- system is at the point where if I do have too much sugar, I end up feeling uh, really, rather lousy, like two hamsters fighting in my chest. Mm. It's a work in progress and it didn't happen overnight. Uh, so there was never any severe shock to my system. All is well, though, and with a little exercise and proper diet, I'm able to keep my A1C uh, levels below a 7.4 where they belong. Uh, Ian, if you're also talking now about uh, superhero movies, if you're that kid in a candy store when it comes to the current barrage of superhero films, I'm the next kid in line. <laughs> I can remember dreaming of films like this as a kid and even going as far as drawing what I thought their movie posters might look like. Uh, the photorealistic arrival of Alex Ross's art in the 90s helped feed the inquiry of what these guys might look like, but it was uh, still illustrative. Uh, I'm still enjoying the genre and looking forward to the casting choices that may come soon. Soon come. How about Gerald Butler as Craven the Hunter? Ooh, that's pretty good. Recycle Fastbender as Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. I do think Doom... Was that autocorrect, or did you actually mean to call him Recycle Fastbender? Uh, recycle Fastbender. Like as in, oh, I see. As, Reuse him. Because he was Magneto, yes. Oh, I see. As I'm Doctor sorry. Doom. I do think D- Doom should be European, at least sound like one. Keanu Reeves is my pick as Black Bolt, with Jason Momoa as Gorgon for a proper Inhumans film. Oh, very nice. I like Keanu Reeves as maybe an Adam Warlock. Keep myself. reading. Uh, what's that? Does he does he say Adam Warlock later? Doesn't he? Oh no, I just. I you want me to keep thought, reading just to keep reading? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I one hundred percent agree because often I will jump ahead and uh, say something that uh, someone says later. <laughs> I hundred percent agree with you that it's both the interaction between the characters and the Marvel films that give these films their charm, and not the mind blowing eye con- candy CGI that is used. The casting choices, as well as the character develop, is mar- development is Marvel's secret ingredient. I mean, can you seriously imagine anyone else than as Tony Stark? Besides Robert Downey Jr., everyone seems so perfectly tailored to their role, and when they meet and overlap one another, that's the best thing ever. Well, I remember like the original idea for Tony Stark, Tom Cruise. Oh, really? Back in the day, that was who was supposed to be um, mm. Tony Stark. Yeah, I don't think that would have worked as well. Nope, it wouldn't, but uh, you know, it would have been a thing. If I were an Avenger, I'd be Doctor Strange without a doubt. Uh, so do I get to date uh, Rachel McAdams then? You get to have a tragic relationship with you her. You have our permission. That probably by the third film you will no longer be dating her. For what uh, it's worth. These all like hold up sort of thing. <laughs> Uh, and then Edgar uh, wrote us one more time saying, thank you for reminding me of Penn and Teller's cinematic ritual of exclaiming, yes, <laughs> every time the film's title is mentioned within the context of the film. You're welcome. Uh, the best example that comes to mind is in the 1996 Star Trek film First Contact, when the Enterprise crew travels back in time to Earth's past, they meet uh, Zephra McCochrane, James Cromwell, uh, where he goes, that'll do, Spock. That'll do. No. Uh, the inventor of the warp engine, uh, realizing he's nothing like uh, history portrayed him, Cochrane is pretty much an eclectic, drunken inventor. Thinking they can handle the truth, the crew decides to tell Cochrane about who they are and uh, where they're from, to which he says, So, are you guys on some sort of Star Trek or something? Yes. <laughs> nice. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it's good when you when you have to get that deep dig into the... Into the uh... Yes, and like I say, Mary is born born to that uh, position in the family. She can get it every time. Yeah, and beat me to the punch. Yeah, when it's the title character, then oh boy, <laughs> something like Matilda. Oh man, we've got a lot. Well, you just long. say it once. You only can do it once. You don't do it every time. You don't? No, okay. this this the one time. All right, fair enough. 
Uh, I'm gonna go back in time a little bit. Sure, please do. Uh, is that the end of this? Yes. This? Okay. That is the end. Of, sorry, uh, I didn't mean reading. I didn't mean to interrupt you with that. I thought you were kind of no, wrapping no, it up, and I was fine. like, oh, I think he said more, but sorry. Um, all right, this is a email, not an email. Sorry, this is a comment from Brent. Hey, Brent. Brent says, "Hi, guys. Hi. My go-to potluck dish is stuffed jalapenos. Okay. It is easy to make, and you won't have other people bringing the same thing, like you will with potato salad. Take a jalapeno." Cut it in mm-hmm. half, or better yet, cut the top third off. Okay. Take out the guts, stuff it with a mixture of cream cheese and mozzarella cheese and anything else you want to throw into the mixture. I usually add chopped onions and chopped olives. If there are no vegetarians, I'll throw in sausage or chorizo. Mm-hmm. You can jazz it up any old way. Bake until they're done, and you can make it days ahead of time and freeze them. In fall, my garden usually produces too much, including the jalapenos that I grow. So I'll slice them and clean them and freeze the jalapeno boats for use in winter and spring. Hmm. Mm. That does sound good. I do like jalapeno. Uh, I'm a particular fan of the poppers, which I suppose is like kind of a, a crude dum-dums version of, of them. But, you know, that's me. Um, let me just find one more comment. All right, and so this comment is from Nigel. Hi, Nigel. And Nigel says, My go-to dish to impress people is my not-actually-chicken pot pie. It's your basic chicken pot pie recipe, but instead of cooking it in a pie, I put everything in a casserole dish and cover it in a layer of dough. It turns into a thick layer of biscuit and goes really well with the filling. I've probably done it for potlucks too many times, but it's really tasty. Then you haven't done it too many times, because that uh, sounds tasty to me. And... I don't know. It just seems like churlish to uh, to not like something that someone made. Don't you agree, Ian? I do agree. Don't be churlish. <laughs> uh, I think I've got what I would like the question of this week to be. Unless oh, you've got one loaded. No, no, no. Up. Okay. Go ahead. My question of the week, I think this week, because we're coming up to about an hour and a half, and you know, eventually we have to pee because <laughs> um, I'm on a pill that makes me pee. Um, so here's my question: You weren't before. Have you, uh, yeah, I would, but, uh, yeah, wait. Um, what's an injury? Like, it doesn't have to be something, but what's an injury you have had at work? Oh. A work related, uh, a work related injury. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, let, let us know, uh, how, how, how that went. I've had a few. Yes, I know. But then again, too many dimension. <laughs> too many dimensions? I know three, I know three from during the time you've been on this show. Yeah. Yeah. Is this your most injured job? Yeah, probably. Probably, yes. It's the most most physical job I've done. My job at Sunburst, which had a physical element to it, because I also was a shipper receiver. I would pile boxes up and, and, uh, you know, get things ready for shipping. But it was pretty mildly. It wasn't super, wasn't super heavy stuff. It was all in boxes. Mm -hmm. There was very little, very little in the way of pokey-oaty things, you know. And I didn't really work around any machinery except for the, our old forklift that I would use occasionally. And then, you know, that, and that was just like an eighth of my job. You know, the other part of my job was, you know, working in the office on doing the, the some minor bookkeeping and doing invoicing and, and writing up, writing up, um, doing the bank reconciliations and just stuff like that, right? So the, right. all those sort of things, you're seeing in office, there's very little chance of things falling on you in the office. There's a, obviously there's a chance of things falling on you all the time, but, but sure. very little. Satellites, meteors. Yeah. You don't know. Those are possibilities. You yeah. just don't know. But it's very unlikely. I would say, all right, here's, here's, here, so the, the first question is going to be, main question is, yeah. injuries you have had at work. Okay. But the second question I would say, sure. second question is, 
you know, and this is maybe not a job that you've been injured on. Yeah. But what was the most dangerous job you ever had? Oh. Which is a different situation. Like my my dangerous jobs were working like in theaters and having to like go up little ladders to the rafters yeah, that's and scary. hang stuff and just reach and yeah. like, you know, if you fall off the ladder, that's the end of you. Like yeah. that that used to really when I was in high school, I'd have to do a lot of like climbing up these little rickety freaking ladders and 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 i did i remember like saying this is the only class that you could die in quite easily <laughs> yeah. every day yeah you know and like that doesn't seem right mm. you know they should they shouldn't uh be having kids uh yeah do, it's do probably you probably wouldn't have wouldn't have died you probably just would have been no you badly, would fall off of that ladder onto and... those uh onto those uh chairs yeah you'd, uh, <laughs> you'd, uh, <laughs> yeah that would do it and and you know uh more than once someone dropped something from the rafters that like you know like a light or a mm. wrench or something it just like landed next to you with a kabing and it was yeah. like well if that hit my head that's the end of me <laughs> the 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 kind of the sort of amusing part of that is it wasn't your job you're paying to experience that then yeah i have also done work yeah. work where i had to like scamper up things and yeah. do things yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I look back on that and just go oh i got really scared of heights after that you know but uh, i could i you know i felt like i was scared of heights at the time but i think i think of the stuff i did and went like i was doing stuff that you mm. wouldn't do if you were completely scared of heights depends why you're scared of heights like i think i have a certain certain fear of heights but my fear isn't the height it's my it's the strange urge i have to throw myself off of the mm-hmm. the from the high place i'm in which is a form of of those unwanted thoughts or do people do that throw themselves off yeah of? I like know. i know a lot of people I, that have that i don't think you do i think it's just the urge is there and so it's, yeah. it's a scary urge it's a scary urge but like yeah. i wonder how many people who have that urge actually do it i don't think so i think i think part of it is it's playing on your fear of doing it. And yeah. so you're not going to do it because you're scared of doing it, but it's, it's your mind is, is going to, it's taking you to a, it's upping the scare yeah, factor. I know other by people that have, wanna, this, yeah. that have this fear. And I remember once I had, I had that thought once I was like in my apartment and I looked over at my balcony. I just went, I just had this like urge, like just jump off it. Yeah. Like just like, you know, and I was just playing around in my head. I'm like, I wasn't going to do it. Yeah. But then it was like, well, where'd this come from? Yeah, yeah. That's no good. This is that, in, that inappropriate thoughts that can pop yeah. into your head at times. Lisa often has the urge to throw her purse off the ferry when we're going to the island. Ah. Because once again, it's a really destructive act that your brain puts in your, you know, kind of brings forward that you don't want to do because yeah. your purse you know, has all your stuff in it, has your ID and your One of my favorite comedians, Maria Bamford, has a has a CD called Unwanted Thought Syndrome mm. where she talks about that, among yeah. other things. And I just wonder how often people actually act out on the uh, thoughts that they uh, that they have that are that are there, the little compulsive thoughts. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's suicides that take place because of those, that un, un, inability to get rid of those And there are people, obviously, that survive those suicides. So I wonder, you know, yeah. if... Uh, if you know they discuss them, like, yeah, I just had the urge to do it, and I did because I've never actually heard that. I've heard a lot of people say, "Yeah, I have the urge to do it," but I've never heard someone mm-hmm. just go, "You know, yeah, I did it. Why? I just all of a sudden I just felt like doing yeah. it, and so I did it." And uh, and do you want to do it now? No, but yeah, it was yeah. just the, it was just there. Yeah, I don't think that's part of it. I mean, I think you know, wh- you know, if you wanted to do it, it wouldn't be as scary as it feels. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like if you're going to commit suicide, you've gotten over the fear of of death. Do, now here's a weird side question on that. Is that something ever that animals do? Like, is there ever a thing where like a dog just goes fuck it and just like jumps off a cliff? Like, no, not uh, like non not like an accident, but just like is has like a compulsion of just like screw it, 
off. Done. I don't. I don't think so. So are we the only ones that have that? Yeah, because most animals aren't capable of making this sort of this sort of moral or. It's not. Mo- it's not a moral thing. It's just a compu- It's like an impulse to self harm. Yeah, I mean, it's can an animal have an impulse to self harm? I don't think that they have that level of thinking. So you have to have a level of thinking to. I have think that. so. Mm. Like I think you have to have a sense of first. You have to have a sense of of like like death. You know what I mean? Like, to I don't have a think, concept of death. Yeah, I have to have a concept of death. I don't think animals have a concept of they death. They have a concept of threat, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a concept of threat. But, so, you know, see, I was or, watching... Or, you know, you've got the old elephant's graveyard thing. You know, I mean, they, they're, 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 they're going... Is that a real thing? I think so. Uh, I, I don't know. It's a weird thing to I'm just thinking up. of... But what, I'm thinking of, like, I was watching a YouTube video or some Facebook video of a, of a raccoon climbing up the side of a building one time. And it was very high up. Yeah. And you're like, what is that raccoon thinking of? And then you think, well, he's probably not thinking of anything. It's just like, well, I got to get up. <laughs> I have to get up this building now. I guess I'm here, so I better just keep climbing up. This is probably the way to go. Not climbing down. That doesn't make any sense. I got to keep going up because eventually I'll get where I want to go. I don't know where that is, but I'm just going to keep climbing. And he just keeps climbing up this building. If he fell, he would die, but he doesn't. He's, you know, he has enough agility that he's able to keep yeah, there climbing. There are no up. elephants great. It's okay. The reason, the reason you have that is because they follow the same migration routes. So, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it sounded kind of strange. Hmm. The idea of there being elephants graveyard. This place they all go <laughs> lay down. Here I am. Time to end it all. Uh, yeah, I just you know like like animals aren't really they're not really like agents of free will. Hmm. That's not because they don't they can't make choices like that. And that's not how they think. Hmm. They don't think like us. I know it's hard for us to imagine because we. We watch Bambi, but they don't, they don't think this is the way we, we do. We mention Bambi a lot. Yeah, we do. Show. Well, I kind of... Did I, you watch it recently? Is this where this no, is all coming just, from? No, it, it's just something Did that... Did you shoot a deer recently? It's just something that, that I find really fascinating as a as a as such a huge change in, in the way people think as Bambi. Okay. Just a, a change. How, I think really do think it changed how people view animals. And I don't think it changed it for the work, the bad or anything, but I just think it's interesting. And I, right. But I do think it's... I do think it's bad if we think of animals as as beings because they're not like us. They don't they don't make choices the way no. we make choices. You know, they don't. If an animal attacks you and kills you, you can't send it to the electric chair because it's not acting on a moral impulse. It's just acting out of hunger or fear or whatever. You know, it's just not making some arbitrary choice to. No, they to, do have emotions, but yes, that's uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. I just curious. Uh, that's this is the rambly end part of the uh, of the of the show where I was like, Has an animal ever just like go back and just like done? Well, no, actually, it's it, here's the thing. I do remember in a Warner Brothers cartoon, uh, fish committing suicide. That's true. He said, uh, "Now I've seen everything," and pulled out a gun. Yeah. And I believe, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was uh, Peter Laurie esque, and then just blew his brains out. That was a pretty common thing in an old Warner Brothers cartoon. Because I do think it's significant that the, the one animal that you go to without 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 pause as an animal that ends it all is the lemming, which is which fake. Was all, which was all fake. Was yeah. faked, but but that's the only one we can think of, and it's fake. So I really don't think it's a common thing. I don't. It doesn't. I mean, does it work evolutionarily or instinctually for an animal to just voluntarily kill itself? That's not a very good way to to keep the to keep the uh, the old species going. Well, if you, we do have people out there who know uh, about nature and biology. Yes, uh, please let us know. Yeah, we have uh, we have veterinarians. We have uh, we have uh, other people. <laughs> 
Thanks for that detail. I was trying to think you what's should. a per, what's a person who like studies insects called entomologist. There you go. We entomologists. You know, let us know. You know, does uh, does an ant ever go? Fuck it, I can't take it anymore. And That's uh, right. goodbye, cruel world. Yeah, and flush himself down a toilet. Why can't I be a drone? Exactly. You know, let us know that as well. So we got all these things. Uh, if you Why want, is to- it all work, 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 worker? Yeah. Why was the uh, Why was the movie uh, uh, Ants not as good as A Bug's Life? Um, yeah, I actually liked Ants more. That's fine. I, I liked Ants more. You liked Ants more than a book's like? Oh, much more, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was funnier. Uh, but, uh, I don't, hey, I don't listen, you let us know what you think. And here's how you go about doing that. Go to well, our, I was, well, go ahead. I was watching an interesting video thinking, Please. speaking of a bug's life. All right. When they made Toy Story 2, do you know the story to Toy Story 2? Not really. Not off the top of my head. It's fascinating because, so they were, they did Toy Story, mm-hmm. Disney, um, and it was Pixar who approached Disney with the idea of doing a sequel. Disney were a little gun shy of sequels because they'd done the rescue was down under and it had failed. So okay. they were like, kind of like, never again will we do a sequel. But they suddenly had some success with sequels in the video market. Mm. They had Return to Jafar, the Aladdin Return sequel. Return of Jafar, yeah. Or Return of Jafar, and it had done super well. Right. Like huge money. Even without Robin Williams. Huge money, yeah. And so they were eager for for. Pixar to produce a Toy Story that they could put into sell it for the video market. So that's kind of where it started, Toy Story 2. But they're also doing A Bug's Life at the same time. So they started developing Toy Story 2. They put the uh, co-director of Toy Story, this guy named Ash Brannon, I think his name was, mm-hmm. on as director, and he was developing the story. Meanwhile, John Lasseter was working on A, a Bug's Life. So things started... So it got kind of weird with, with the... And so what, oh yeah, so the reason, the, the, what was difficult though was that everyone, like all the, the real animators were working on, on A Bug's Life. So they really couldn't spare anyone to work on, on Toy Story. So what they did was they had a, they had a, a, a video game div- division. And so they decided Steve Jobs shut that down. It wasn't really doing that right. great. Shut it down. And they just took everyone who was working in the animation element of that and put them onto Toy Story 2 because they were already familiar with the characters from sure. working on the videos, video games. So they were working on that. And so then John Lasseter finished A Bug's Life and he was pretty much told to, to take a look at what was happening with, with Toy Story 2 because it wasn't going well. Uh, Disney had already basically fired one of the kind of founders of Pixar yeah. over, over it because he wanted, he, because the problem for Pixar was they had this like set of standards that were like unbelievable. Like they're just, they just couldn't like, sure. they couldn't like just let, you know, garbage go yeah, through. Yeah, it was art. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Lasseter looks at the picture and he's, he's like, okay, this is not going to work. There's no way we can release this. This is not, not going to work at all. So he, Pete Doctor, a couple other guys you'd know, Andrew Stanton and. Sounds about right. And one other guy, they went on like this kind of like weekend retreat and they basically rejigged the whole movie, like re, this figured out a whole new movie. And then they said to, to Walt Disney, we got to start again. And Walt Disney's like, well, no, you can't because you, you have to get it finished for this date. So they went to Steve Jobs and said, we need more time. And Steve Jobs said, no, because we have all the toys related to this stuff coming out in this, on this, yeah. this time. It's got to be, you know, so they're like, okay, so we got to do this. So basically they did all of Toy Story 2. They be- kept a few scenes from what had been made. The Elle's toy barn scene was kept. Okay. And some of the other, a couple of small scenes were kept, but very little. They basically like did 95% of the film over and they did it in nine months. Wow. I know it's crazy. They just work yeah. like maniacs to get this film done. That's right. They had that's right. That was the one Pixar film that had no babies that were born during <laughs> the making of. Uh, 
and so then, yeah, it's just crazy. Like, yeah, it's amazing though, and it's a really good film. So I was yeah. surprised to to find out that it was, you know, a potential disaster that they kind of pulled it out of the fire. They that you know Lasseter and these other guys, you know, these sort of, you know, obviously right, right just like story whizzes, just got together and just made this thing that was not working out into this thing that's really great. And uh, you know, like they added Jesse and they added yeah. all these other. Yeah, that's very very cool. And it was based on John Lasseter's because um, he was a toy collector. Yep. And but he had kids, but he wouldn't let them play with his toys <laughs> because they were collect- collectibles. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, this this is counter to what toys are for. You know, I'm like, I'm being this jerk about yeah, toys. I'm the like, villain. These toys want to like so that that's that's where that's it's where usually a good. By the way, that's a good writer trick. Is like, what's your worst? Uh, what's what's your worst characteristic? I make that your villain's characteristic in oh. your uh, in your story, and uh, you'll be able to write it uh, effectively. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah, it's a nice little. There trick. you go. I went pro tip right there for you. Um, okay. What are you going to say before I interrupted you? So rudely? I was going to say uh, what uh, how people could contact us. Cause, oh, well, that's a good thing. Once should, again, my bladder is telling me that this show's wrapping up <laughs> fast. Uh, you can go to sneakydragon.com, and uh, that's where our message boards are. We're uh, underneath every one of our episodes. There's a little space there, and it would be better with you in it uh, telling us things, yeah. uh, answering our question of the week. Click on some of the clips we've got there. You can listen to other episodes. You can listen to some of our other podcasts there. We uh, we have a couple other podcasts going on. One, we got one called Fansplainers, where Dave and mm-hmm. I do deep dives on uh, movies and spoil them, and uh, we don't want to spoil them on here, so uh, we'll, we'll spoil how movies got made, like Toy Story 2, but we will not spoil movies themselves. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Fansplainers, the latest episode, we uh, talk about Dark Phoenix. We did. So there you go. And also Dave's got a podcast called uh, Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. That's true as well. What, what's that about? Well, Sneaky Dragon Listening Party is a podcast that I do with my wonderful daughter, Mary. Mm-hmm. And we sit together and listen to music and we talk about our feelings about those songs and some of the history behind them. And lately we've been doing a lot of soul music and I've I've gotten nice feedback from people who who like like the stories and and things from those. And some songs. people who went, Ugh, I don't like soul music, but they like the episode." Yeah, it's funny. It's you know, soul music is to me is very rewarding, but I understand not liking it. Because well, it's, it's very new to people. Like it's very they, new. Exactly. They, they they like the stuff that it has influenced, but they don't know it directly. And so, mm. what you don't know, yeah. you are resistant to. And I talked about on the show the fact that uh, I had to like make an effort to like soul music when I first started listening to sure. it because it was different. It was different than what I was used to hearing growing up. And it's a you know it has different patterns and different different rhythmic elements to it, and it's just different sounding. And so when you first start listening to it, unlike the girls who grew up with it, I did not grow up listening to soul music. It just wasn't something that was played on the radio yeah. here. So, but yeah, we've been having a lot of fun with that, and we have one more episode with soul music coming soon, and then we're gonna move on. Cool. So check that out. That again, sneakydragon.com has all our uh, those, which are our new podcasts, and we also have past podcasts where we went through every uh, Tintin uh, book. Totally Tintin, uh, completely Beatles. We went through every Beatles song, and we also did full Marx. We went through every Marx Brothers movie. So those are all available, all for free. Check them out. Uh, we are on Patreon. If you want to like throw us a couple of bucks, that's fine. It's up to you. Your call. Um, so there. If you want to email us, we're at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, on Twitter, sneaky underscore dragon, and Tumblr, sneakydragon.tumblr.com. That's basically all the ways that we currently have. Can I, can I end your show next week? Can you end my show next week? Yeah, since you ended my show this week. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> he really wanted to go pee, everyone. I really do. I understand. Wrap it up. It's Wrap fine. it up, Dedrick. It's fine. Well, everyone... I just want to be easy on you. You've got yeah, a head wound. I know. i got a head wound. Everyone from my... Did you my... ever see Massive Head Wound Harry, the uh, Tom, uh, Tom Hanks character on Saturday Night Live? 
I think I did. Oh wait, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it was Dana Carvey. Sorry, Dana Carvey oh, okay. has massive uh, head wound hair. Oh, wait, familiar. there was another Tom. Okay, seems Tom Hanks had a character who had short-term memory. Oh, okay, that was his thing. And massive okay. head wound Harry is a Dana Carvey character. Okay, yes. it seems familiar, but I don't remember. Okay, but anyway, wrap up the show, please. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to the show this week. As Ian has already stated, you can contact contact us in many ways. And from my third eye to you, I wish you a good week. Yay. Of course, my life is an open book. All right. The first page, chapter one, Idiot.